I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his NB. Episode number 83. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of A Gay and His NB, where we're talking all the things that we are watching on television this week. And we have so much stuff that we are prepared to get into. Uh, but before we do any of that, there's a few housekeeping notes that we want to get out of the way first, as we always do. Wherever you are listening to us, whether that is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any of the other lovely podcast platforms out there, please give us a uh, a rating and a review. Uh, you know, uh, five stars if you're nasty. But, uh, you know, whatever you, you know, uh, leave a good review in there for us uh, so that we're getting into the algorithm. We're finding other people who would love our content. And also so that we're hearing back from you about what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, and what you would like to see us do in the future. Yeah, and you can also follow us on social media at A Gay and His NB on all platforms. That includes Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Threads. Uh, we're, po- we're posting new content every day, including clips from the podcast and our instant thoughts about the things that we're watching and seeing. Uh, it's a great place to get an extra dose of a gay and his NB uh, all across social media at a gay and his NB. Speaking of extra doses of a gay and his NB, uh, you can head over and get an extra dose of merch at our merch store, uh, gay and his NB dot We've got a bunch of the designs on there made by moi. Um, more are coming as more iconic, lovely things happen in the bravo universe drag race universe across reality television uh, and you can get those designs on mugs you can get them on stickers and, and magnets and and blankets whatever your little heart desires we've got it and finally if you have any questions for us that you would like us to answer on a future episode of the podcast you can submit that across our social media platforms that i mentioned or at a gay and his nb at gmail.com uh just leave your name leave your question and who knows we may answer it on a future episode of the podcast babe what do we have in store on this episode it is a good one it is a good one uh you know and it's you know, any episode that has the traders on it, it's a pretty good episode. Especially this season. Especially this this season is fabulous. And they just got picked up for season three. I'm so excited to get season three. Um, but we got to get through season two first, and we're going to be doing that today. Uh, you know, uh, another amazing episode from uh, our, our, our favorites over there in Scotland. Uh, we're also going to be talking about Married to Medicine. Uh, they started this cash trip to... Hilton Head, oh good lord! And the I, I love a good fight on a cast trip on Mayor of Madison, and we're getting it. So it's, it was good. It was and a good episode because they're always nasty with it. It's never just surface level. It's always your mama, your grandmama, your, <laughs> it's, your whole family line back to Adam and Eve. You know, fuck them all. It's always that. Uh, but before we get to any of that. Let's talk Drag Race. Drag Race for this week. Uh, new episode of Drag Race Season 16. I'm, again, also loving Drag Race this season. I think we've been saying it, but it's like the perfect mix of just like actual like dramatic storytelling, you know, petty fights and, and stuff like that mixed with some really good drag. And I feel like that's the perfect formula. It is a pretty good formula. I, I still wish that the shade was more genuine. I still feel like it's put on. But... You know, it is what it is. I I, I don't w- think playing is nearly as as uh, cunty as she thinks she is. I mean, maybe in the I I feel like. Well, we'll get into the conversation with Safira that she has like after sort of like the big fight this episode. But it was like, I wonder what her intent. Like maybe the intention is 
more genuine, but I don't know. I, like this could be her. I this was the first episode. I was like, maybe this could be actually be her as a human being. Maybe, but like I did see more of that this episode. You're right. Sure, doesn't mean she's a good human being, by the way. <laughs> but again, she's she's not good. She's not especially bad. She's just plane oh well um yeah so we come back into the workroom after mirage's elimination and everyone is still sad and everyone's crying and like as well they should be that woman died on stage like eviscerated ripped to shreds and what was there like i trixie was saying on the after show her goodbye message about i think she called herself like a trash bag like the trash bag has to go home and it's just like oh god it's so sad and just like not only just like sad that you left but it's like i you it's like, no, I also hate myself as a drag queen. Oh, no, I didn't think that that's what she was saying. I thought that she was saying, you know, that's her brand of drag. I guess. But it, with all, as much as she was, like, beating herself up in, like, the period. Sure. You know. Um, so they sit back on the couches to talk about everything. They congratulate Plasma for the win. But then Plasma Plasma's saying, I literally can feel Q's energy right next to me. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, Plasma is like, I this is my... I win i've been wanting this is like the one win i've been savoring for the last like you know we talked about how overreactive she was so it's like don't yeah. ruin my moment um but they ask you how she's feeling and q kind of talks about that she's been really upset that she's literally been so close every time and like which it's i will say q is in a particular case where i think i said it last week like yeah like any every time you could make a case as to why she should have won that episode yeah and so, like, yeah, I mean, honestly, they need to just they need to give her one so that she stops feeling so dejected. Yeah, because <laughs> poor thing's going to get a complex. I just she's like, I feel grateful because I've been in the top the last few weeks, but just to be really close and not getting there. And I know other people haven't been in the top, so it makes me feel like I shouldn't be talking about it. It's just my whole life. I've had to prove that I'm great and like, it goes on this like longer. So yeah. which felt real, but I also love just everyone is just cutting to like the biggest stank faces like as she's just like complaining about this like you know uh it's a lot of emotion for safe and then here i yeah as again whatever about like the genuineness of what plain jane does i i thought it was bold as fuck and really big of her not big of her that's not the right word but like a big moment to be like i'm not gonna complain about being in the top um i'm not gonna like sit here and cry and sulk all day i feel great that being said, onward and upward, and everyone's just like, the, the fact that you just vocalized that to this group in front of her, I mean, I'm not going to cry. I'm happy. Like, That's so fucking it's, shitty. It's mean. <laughs> it's so mean, but it's like, I mean, Plain kind of says, I mean, they kind of, they talked a little bit about like, well, you're also saying some things that like we're thinking, but are good enough people to not vocalize to somebody's face yeah that's been a storyline for several seasons of you know oh i i'm just saying what everybody else is thinking no bitch you're just awful sure. stop well and yeah like i said when we'll get to the Saphir conversation because i again i found that so fascinating from a like therapizing like mental level we'll get to it i was so confused <laughs> uh q they're all they all de-drag or whatever but q's talking to amanda and she's upset about what plain said she's like it felt you know really insensitive and it felt pointed and amanda goes because it was 
<laughs> and I love that she looks into the camera and goes, cause it was, it was. She was doing a lot of the straight to camera work this episode. She loves a good deadpan to the it's, camera. It's great. It's like, th- this is Drag Race meets The Office. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of here for it. Not to, I mean, spoiler alert, but like sad that we're not going to get more of that yeah. going forward. Um, they come back into the workroom the next day. Um, they're just casually talking about like, I forgot what it was, but they talk about like morphine being so beat. You know, all the time with right. her mug. And then Plain goes, I will say, Amanda, you look so pretty like this. I think you're such a natural beauty. And it's one of those things where it's like, they're definitely, again, they're also playing it as if they're like, as if Plain Jane has been like raised by wolves or something, right? And doesn't know how to interact with human beings. So he's like, like, I feel like you actually look really beautiful out of dread. Like, like, it's like, doesn't realize how like pointed the comment like and she's like oh no she knows i feel like she knows i think she does too but they're the the storyline right is that she's delivering it as if like oh this is how humans communicate right like it's so strange that like she doesn't like have the comprehension skills to like maybe she's on the spectrum maybe but like look i'm not here to explain it away or excuse it but it would make sense but also like that's no excuse, bitch. Learn how to be a decent person. Yeah. Amanda goes, thank you, Jane. I really appreciate that. All condescending and plain goes, it's actually plain, babe. Because I guess you're supposed to call her plain as her first name. and not- That's weird. Plain is an adjective. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not the noun. Well, it is spelled like the noun. It's spelled like an airplane. No, I get that. But that's still, it's still, the way that it's used is still an adjective. Yeah. To the word Jane. Now I think, why is it spelled like the airplane? What's the pun? Like, is it to make it seem more like a first name? I don't know. I I don't get it. (laughs) I don't get her at all. (laughs) (laughs) It's a conundrum. But she's like, it's plain, babe. And Amanda goes, well, it is plain. And then points to her. (laughs) Great. I love their feud. I like, I get like, Amanda's a good sparring partner. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Uh, Rue enters the workroom and they do their mini challenge, which is an uh, autobiography photo. So you basically have to come up with your uh, autobiography idea, et cetera, and get into quick drag and do like a stupid, like crazy photo shoot. It's basically just like the look like a mess and take a photo shoot challenge. But like we've added like this extra element to it. And I really love how smart it was for Maya to do the full bodysuit with the with the face mask and all of that. Oh, the Catwoman thing, yeah. It's like, well, yeah, that's a great quick drag look because you just have to put it on and yeah. then throw on a lip and maybe a little eye, a little a little throw on a lash, throw on a lip, you're good. Yeah, you know, it's it's such a smart move to bring stuff like that for quick drag. Yeah, I don't remember much of these. I do. <laughs> Um, I'm starting to get a little bit worried for Nymphia, even though I love her and I think she is sort of excelling and becoming like an, a front runner. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting a little worried about how much she's playing to the banana stuff and how much she's like, that's like her only like, I will gag. say she's only used it when she needs something to fall back on quickly and right at the beginning. Right. Well, so she, she used it to establish her brand. Right. Yeah. And then in quick challenges, when she's having to do quick things, she's leaned on that, but she hasn't actually brought it on the runway except for week one. Not, not on the runway. She kind of d- does it in the main challenge this week a little bit, but it's also like, that's like, but that's the part of your, the your challenge. Brand song. Right. 
even though I can't, we'll get to it later. I get annoyed when those challenges happen of like, it's a theme of like, like to me, I don't know. A song shouldn't just be, this is me and this is my brand. And I get why they're doing it. Cause it's like, you know what I mean? But it's like, if it's like, you're going to cover part of my actual song, it has to be about the message of the song to me. Right. You know it, what I'm saying? Right. You don't. Well, I mean, kind of. Because I have definitely heard, like, mainstream songs that come out, right? Right. They have a rap verse that the rap verse has nothing to do with the fucking song. Maybe if it's, like, if it's, so like, I think a po- that's the, kind of what's happening If it's, here. like, a pop song that has, like, a rap, like, guest on right. it. Right. 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 That's what I mean. The rap verse doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the song. Yeah. I think they need to make this a... I think they need to do these girl group things a little more challenging in terms of like allowing them to like you kind of kind of forcing them to sing because I well I I get like rap is still I'm not that, that, that's not to say rap is not valid I just think it's much I would love for people to test their singing abilities more than just simply like being able to say like da 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 da, da and then like you know I mean sure part of the part of the the challenge of rap especially for a lot of these queens that have <laughs> no rhythm um is the the rhythmic aspect of it right sure. singing has more elongated things so it's easier to like be but then you also have the added challenge of being on pitch and all of those things so right there is but then with rap you have to write more lyrics and you have to like be able to like enunciate very clearly and get that stuff out right um you know, it's different challenges, I think. Um, so, yeah, like you should do a singing challenge and do a rap challenge, but you shouldn't just be able to say, well, I can't sing, so I'm going to rap. Yeah. Like, do both. Right. You should be able to do both. Um, the winner uh, ends up being Safira, and she won for her book, Th- Throat Goat, A Singer's Guide to an Open f- Pharyngeal Wall. Just <laughs> 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 funny. Um, and, uh, she, I was so, I got, they also added money on, it was like, she won also like $2,500, but before that, Rue just says, you won a signed copy of my autobiography. It's like, what? I get it. It's RuPaul, but like, what are we supposed also, to do with like, that? I could pick up, pick that up for $16.99 at Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. And that's so, the hardback. <laughs> Um, Rue introduces the Maxi Challenge, which is the music collab where they have to uh, collaborate on songs from her album, Black Butter. Um, she divides it in that the, the captains as Safira because she won the mini challenge, Plasma because she won the last Maxi Challenge, and Geneva because she won the lip sync. So they're all um, team captains and they get to pick their partners. Um, it gets down the line and it gets down to Megami and Plane as the last two. Plane says in her confessional, I think I'm one of the last two standing because the girls are probably being strategic and they're thinking if their team wins, then I'm going to be the standout. <laughs> I love her. I'm sorry. I can't help but love her. Like, I mean, you know, lean into the delusion. Yeah. But it's literally like I, she did it with the the cha- the uh, SNL challenge last week with Morphine being like, well, you don't want to be in the ch- in the challenge with me because you're going to be next to me and therefore you're not going to win. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, Plasma ends up picking Plane, even though Plasma's already picked Amanda and Amanda is pissed, <laughs> which I love. Um, Megami is getting picked last, though, and she's upset about that, which we'll get to later. 
Um, and Morphine says that she's pretty convinced that Geneva's team is the weakest because it's Geneva, Nymphia, Megami, and Maya. And she says, first of all, they're all quiet. Second of all, they're all there are a lot of bottoms. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> are we giving out people's sexual preferences? Okay, um, but I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. So they hey, all- they could all be blouses. Oh, sure. <laughs> That'll come up later. Yeah, we'll get next episode. Um, yeah. So they all work on lyrics uh, within their groups. Amanda at one point goes, yeah, so I've written a lot of uh, lyrics a lot. And then Plane jumps in and goes, and I co-wrote the iconic and instantly recognizable lyrics to Burger Finger. I immediately was like, wait, you co-wrote that? So that's worse, actually. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, for how, like, un... Like creative that was oh and, and also you didn't even do it yourself <laughs> well and you you saw how like the the person who co-wrote that with her like you saw like how there was like this uh i think it was between her and bob oh are they involved in that so bob and her were feuding over this because bob was like this is not good yeah why are we why is this a thing and then playing like got angry at her on twitter and they were like tweeting back and forth like why aren't old, why are older queens blah blah yeah blah, like, and then the co the co-writer like wrote something in involved in all of that somewhere in there and people were like i don't even know who you are you could have just disappeared and no one would have ever known you existed yeah shut the fuck up that's hilarious i didn't know i didn't know he's jumping into the mess that's yeah crazy. it was it was ridiculous that i was here for it <laughs> yeah um geneva's group is talking uh and geneva's like yeah maya i'm glad that you're on i chose you because i know that you can dance because maya's thinking of helping with like the choreography and that and nymphia then goes why did you choose megami and megami goes because i was all that was left and nymphia goes oh i forgot and then there's like two seconds of silence and then megami just starts crying <laughs> Oh jeez! And like, no, oh no, 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 no! We didn't mean like that. Like, I get it. Like, like I was never picked first, so I, I get it. Like in gym class, nobody ever picked me to be on their team. I totally understand that. Sure, but it's like, wow. Yeah. So they try to get Megami together and you know get some confidence in her. Um, Nymphia talks about how she's struggling with her lyrics. I love her just going there. Okay. I can do banana, banana, katana. And I love when Gami goes, katana. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's uh, not how that works, girl. Um, well, Safira points out later that I don't know how much of this is real and how much of this is just like, cause Safira, cause Safira is basically get later on that like oh Nymphia's hiding a lot of her talents and then like suddenly pulls them out when she needs to yeah which is i i mean it's smart it's i mean you from a production standpoint like we talked about it with like the plasma thing last week where it's just like you don't want to tell anyone on production what you are good at oh, because yeah. then it just you know gets either edited like maybe you're lucky and gets edited positively but like typically it doesn't well but hasn't Nymphia already said to production she's doing that I seem to remember Maybe. her saying, like, in in her, either in the debut episode or in, like, episode three, somewhere in there, that she was doing that. Yeah. And I was like, girl, that's really smart. But, like, telling them and then going, but I'm not telling you which things I'm good at. Yeah. <laughs> that's got to be really irritating to production. And I was saying, at one point, she goes, oh, wait, I know what my lyrics are going to be. And she goes, banana, 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 It's like, no, that's not lyrics. <laughs> like, 
I know, but she's she's playing into it. But she's like getting it. Like it's kind of again. It was similar with the ball, where it's like they're acting. It they play up the idea that she's just not taking anything seriously, and then she right. just suddenly kills it. Yeah, like and because Megami's like, can we focus for like two fucking seconds? And she's just over there making like yak noises. She's like, this is what a yak sounds like. And I'm like. <laughs> Okay, like, <laughs> I, I get it gets over-prescribed, like, do we need to get you some, like, Ritalin or something? Because, like, it seems very, like, scatterbrained. Yeah, I, I think it. I think a lot of it is an act. I think she already had lyrics written. And honestly, why would you not come in to Drag Race with lyrics, several sets of lyrics already written? I'm sure they all do. Like, at this point, like, you know... Like, I would. I would come in with... Like at least three sets of lyrics, like right. in different kind of meters, so that you can go, mm, that doesn't jive with this song. That one doesn't. Bingo, we got one. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Um, they go to the choreography per, uh, rehearsals. Plasma is leading her group and is, again, going full Rachel Berry. I mean, like, and like to where's you now? He's like, can you like slow down for like one second though? <laughs> and, <laughs> but honestly, she wasn't going that fast. Well, and, like, she also, like, she's throwing in so much, like, terminology. She's like, I'm having you do pot of arrays, and we're going to do a contagion. And it's, like, just, like, say, like, you do this. You do that. Like, it's very much, like, that's Well, yeah, but that takes a lot of time. If you, if you can, like, but the thing is, is the, it, it's jargon, right? Jargon only works if everyone's speaking the language. Right. So... Unless you're going to spend a couple minutes at the very beginning going, this is I'm what gonna this use, is. I'm going to use these terms. This is what they mean. Right. Got it. Good. Now, Potabere, Contagion, blah, 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 blah. You know, fine. Make sure everyone's speaking the same language first, though. Yeah. Well, and it's also like there's, like, as someone, I've never obviously danced professionally or whatever, but it's like, I, if I had to, I would be the type of person that's just like, okay, I, what parts of the song do I hit what? You know what I mean? As a, I think at one point Amanda has to break that down for someone where it's like, like it's like you're hitting it this lyric or whatever, as right. opposed to like getting a count and sort of like matching that count to the music. And then like some, I feel like a lot of people don't have that brain like to do that necessarily. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on whether you're trained in music or not. Right. If you're trained in music, then you know the beats or whether you're trained in dance as well, you know the beats. But if you're not, if you're someone that's just kind of doing this, you definitely need lyrics to attach things to. Yeah. Um, Amanda takes over at one point because she also has like a dance background. I, I have never heard, she was trying to teach Tsunami how to do the like classic drag, like the windmill, windmill, windmill kick uh -huh. move or whatever because Tsunami's never do it, never done it before. And Amanda goes, show your whole hydro hole, show your whole hydro hole, hide your hole. <laughs> it was like, what? I've never heard that. Never, never. It's always been windmill, windmill, windmill kick. Yeah, I guess in terms of like where your hip placement is or whatever. Oh, maybe that's why. Yeah, that makes sense. Like if you're shifting back and forth like that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because well, it, it's the one with the leg. Like you have your leg up usually right. to let, yeah. Um, Maya is leading the choreography for her group and she's like incredibly quiet and spot soft spoken, <laughs> which I love. I mean, Rue called her out for an episode episodes ago and she's just like, no, I'm not quiet. And she pretty much is proved. She right, so can everybody can everybody step to the left? Yeah, can everyone step to the right? <laughs> and like, I I actually think she's very talented. I just think she fades a lot into the background of like, which is so weird because yeah. to see her dance and On, to see her perform. Yeah, we'll get to the performance. She was one of my favorites. Like, it doesn't make sense that she's so 
reserved. Yeah. I mean, I won't say shy. I won't say timid, but I will say reserved. Yeah. Like she does hold back. Don't know why, but she does. So like, girl, you put it all out there when you're performing. You Do you not realize that from the second you get up to the second you go to bed, when you're on Drag Race, that's a performance? Yeah. You, you got to go. Let's right. go. Um, and I love Sophia being like, oh, that's why they're whispering. They got ASMR. That's their song. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Um, and then, like, as, like, Geneva and Maya both are not, like, stepping into the role, Nymphia's like, okay, well, maybe we can do that. And then suddenly has to then choreograph. And then Nymphia, like, again, implying going in that she had, like, she's going to struggle in this challenge. And then Erica Feshel reveals, so I used to have a K-pop group. <laughs> <laughs> You know, K-pop, the one that's got the most involved dancing in their performances. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Um, Morphine leads her group. She calls herself the Abby Lee Miller season 16. Uh, Morphine, I, Morphine, I thought, did a good job instructing for the most part, even though one of her um, partners didn't have the best rhythm. Um, yeah. <laughs> I loved her doing the, you get an apple, you eat the apple, you throw away the apple. <laughs> Come on, Willem reference. I was going to say, it's classic, classic drag. Um, but, and then Q, oh my God, they do the, we're, we're going to walk down the stage and get into our position. Q's fucking walk is so bad. <laughs> it is hilarious it's like half of her body just like goes limp and gives up and just like she's there's no like there's no power like it's it's an old like model thing but it's like there's no power in the arms it's like they're just like really weak and just like (laughs) yeah it's it's something else um overcooked pasta oh very much so um they go into the workroom the next day and they're getting in drag uh for the challenge this is where the great draw I've, i've missed a good fucking mirror fight like like I get it, tragedy mirror is great, but sometimes do this because uh-huh. like it's drama mirror is so much better. Yeah, like a bitch mirror, more Cat like fight a, mirror. Uh, Q is just talking to the people, and it's like you know I might hash things out some of my drama with Plane, you know, before <laughs> before everything. So she goes up to Plane and goes, "So last week I really opened up to the girls about how hard I am on myself, and it felt like right after you kind of like walked all over it, and." <laughs> planes like it was more from like a competitor standpoint like you've been getting consistently good critiques i wasn't trying to invalidate your feelings and q goes that's exactly what it did though (laughs) right it's such the classic just like doesn't that i'm not telling you that like i feel your intention was what i'm telling you what you did and so therefore like you know and then but q then just i appreciated playing seeing this moment and just taking it, even though it's bitchy and mean. Yeah. Cause Q sets it up kind of perfectly. She goes, it felt like it came out of left field because I thought that we had more respect for each other. And I felt like it was a repeat of the thing with Amanda and plan goes, well, rest assured, I definitely have more respect for you than I do for Amanda. And Amanda just peers over and goes, why are you such a cunt? Red <laughs> <laughs> is like, now, why I'm in it? <laughs> Here I am, didn't do nothing. <laughs> but it's like, I, like I, I appreciated again whether it's honest or not from playing. Like, it takes a reality star to like sort of find that opening to get the jab in, right? And how it makes not makes sense maybe because it was still like, why are you attacking Amanda for no reason? But it was like, I'm gonna 
you're gonna mention the thing with Amanda, I'm gonna like piggyback off of it. So Right. Like, I'm gonna insult you and also three other people that are in the room just offhandedly. Yeah. Um Amanda is like, Where is this coming from, bitch? And Plane goes, Okay, who am I resolving things with? You or Q right now? <laughs> so bitch, so passive aggressive and rude. And then Plane says her confessional, Yeah, I was a bitch to Amanda. Did I mean what I said? Yes. I'm truly not a horrible person. It's just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good God. Uh, so Q, she apologizes to Q and Q accepts it, but she doesn't know if it's genuine because obvious reasons. Uh-huh. Um, but then Safira then pulls her aside to sort of like mother her. And so like Safira says that like that's, I get known for that a lot. So like I'm trying to like, you know, uh, teach a little bit and she's like you know this has happened a lot to you in boston with like your word choices and playing goes, yeah i would say so and Sophia's like i feel like you're misspeaking a lot i wonder if there's a way to stop that <laughs> she's like let me be delicate but also not yeah <laughs> playing goes i mean sometimes i just operate in the moment and don't take into consideration people's feelings so you're a sociopath cool okay uh, don't do that right it's like maybe less of that yeah and then but this this cracked me up laughing so much because it is i do think plain is like it feels like she's like a robot with no understanding of like human interactions playing goes at the end of the day i'm gonna say shit people don't like you know take it or leave it and Sophia goes at some point, people are going to be fed up with it. And Plane goes, I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, so you're, you're saying I'm, if I say something that's mean, people might not like it. I receive that. Um, <laughs> I'm aware, and that's actually why I'm doing it. <laughs> it's good to know. Um, <laughs> it's You know what I mean? It's just like... Yeah. It, it's It's a little baffling. If it is real, it's like... What is like, what got you to this point? Yeah, it's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we go on to the main stage, uh, for the challenge. The guest judges are Icona pop. Can we talk about, by the way, how like <laughs> this is, a, it's, there is really such a generational divide now in drag race fandom. I mean, I've ha exhibited it where I'm like, I don't know who the fuck Becky G is, yeah. but like when Icona pop gets announced on the, like when they did the video ahead of the season, being like, here are all the guest judges for the season. The amount of tweets of just like, I, who the fuck is Icona? a pop and we were like are you fucking crazy <laughs> like have they some culture drove, they drove their car into the bridge and they don't care <laughs> like you should like how do you not know this yeah it's great <laughs> like but it's like those kind of like I, I get it's like a kitschier like you know they're not on tiktok all the fucking time yeah but everybody knows that fucking song right, like, like how do you not know that song yeah but it's well it's probably going to get covered by someone else and act as if they're their own i'm not going to get into it we, i already ranted about it <laughs> um so we go through we do the main stage uh the girl group uh performances um pretty consistent over they really had to nitpick at the end of the day honestly between everyone because it was pretty solid overall um i was surprised that the winner that the winning group won are you sure oh really yeah um I, it's not that i thought that they were bad it's just they were not who i would have chosen yeah i guess the thing was like the only the two people that they the only two people really they could critique were of the other two groups you know what i'm saying there was one in each of the other groups I mean, 
Sure. But I also... Uh, yeah. It's weird because I feel like the group didn't win because of... It's it's strange to me to include runway looks in a group win. Right. Cause we'll because get to, we'll get to it. If they were judging individually, I don't, think, I don't think that the group that Amanda was in should have been in the bottom. They were. I well, think they should have won. Uh, you saying as a group they should have won? As a group they should have won. If you're factoring in luck, but the judges didn't get Amanda's look. We'll talk about it. Well, besides the, um, but even and besides so they the, they tanked that because they wanted her to be in the bottom. I guess, but like even besides the Amanda's look thing, like this, there were three people in the winning group that definitely had boots on, as far as runway looks. I'll say, yeah. But like, I think I here's the thing they overcame expectations it's one of those things where it's and that that was partly because of the other girls the other girls were setting the expectations of like they're definitely going to be in the bottom they're the weakest of the groups going into it and they definitely overperformed from the expectations and so that i think plays into it to a certain extent i think i will say that i if we're judging just based off of the challenge not the runway just based off of the challenge my personal person who i like the most I thought Maya did the best. Maya did do very Ma- well. Both in terms of performance, in co- in terms of choreography, in terms of lyrics. I thought she had one of the best raps. I thought like, and, and it wasn't the same like sort of like syncopation like thing. She had some like levels to it. There was some, it, it's a, I've been listening to it for, it's an actual very catchy rap and yeah. like really well written. Like the, the backflip she does to, and just without hesitating goes right into the next bit of choreo after it is fantastic. Well, and the thing is, is that even like for anyone to move like she does is impressive, but as a plus size queen yeah. for her to be able to pull off that weightlessness oh it, it like she that. she does this thing where she just floats and that's the thing that you can't do unless you are incredibly talented and you are incredibly studied in your art form yeah and she just seems to seamlessly float like she's in the matrix or something into her next thing and i just i don't understand how she's able to do that right. she just defies gravity yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Um, I th- th- I would say to before we get to the actual stuff, like I would say, Q struggled a lot. There were definitely moments where she was clearly like in the group choreo, like you could tell her eye was peered to like, am I in the right position? Am I doing? I'm about to do the right thing. So there was a hesitation in that regard, and also like again, some of the body stuff that we were talking about before right. was still an issue. Right. I, I I I was like, yeah, Q should be in the bottom. Amanda, I I thought she powered through with the hair. Like, st- like I was like, oh, God, her hair keeps getting in her face. But she's like... Beyonce deals with that all the time. Like, why are we holding that against this girl? I think Beyonce has better wigs, though. Sure. Like... Sure. But you know what I mean? Like, you you have billionaire pop stars that get hair in their face on stage. And guess what? They handle it the same way that Amanda did. Right. And they power through. Well, I think they were critiquing the fact that also part of it, why it was is that the wig was cheaper. It was very clearly not human. Oh, you mean... Because she's poor? <laughs> so now we're doing class warfare. Yeah, it's drag race. Like, it's, we're on season 16. Of course we're doing class warfare. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I guess. <laughs> but, and, and then they were critiquing later her padding, which when they did show it, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the fucking critique is like, and when you're standing next to plain Jane and her ass is like perfect. And the way plain was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> it's just, I I wish that they would do things like, if they're going to critique, then give a way to fix it, right? right? Instead of just going, this sucks, figure it out. Right. And because at a certain point, it's like, then why are you critiquing? You're not helping anyone. She did improve on the makeup stuff. A lot on the makeup stuff. Yeah. But it wasn't any of the judges that helped her get there. Sure. It was the other girls in the room. Well, Rue doesn't do her makeup. <laughs> no, I know. But they could have sent Raven in there. I guess. Um, but, you know, I just... I honestly do not think that Amanda's look should have been in the bottom. And Twitter agrees with me. Almost. Oh, is there a poll? Do we have Uh-huh. No, like everybody everybody on Twitter has been ranting about how that should not have been in the bottom. I am shocked because it was one of the rare times I agreed with Michelle. We'll get to it. I got her look. What? I understood what she was doing with it. Um, we'll get to it. We'll so, get, yeah. Um, uh, I will say, but to the point I was making earlier too, about like the lyrics, not like meshing into the song it, to me, I, I, w- <laughs> they don't care. Cause if it's funny enough, like it's just like, it's funny. And that's, that's where it gets annoying to me. It was mainly annoying in the, in uh, plasma's group because you had plasma and Amanda do like, cause they do courage to love, which is kind of, it's not a ballad, but it's more sort of like, it has a message, right? Uh-huh. And so Plasmas was very much that of just like, yeah, be true to yourself, whatever. And then like Amanda's was like, I love myself. And Tsunami was, was just like, Tsunami's was like, I'm fierce, which is sort of uh-huh. fits away. And Plane's like, I'm a whore. Put your dick in me. <laughs> like, like break my back or whatever. And I'm like, what does this have to do with anything in the song? I guess being sex positive well she and she does say courage to love at the end and i'm like are you just being like well love meaning sex but like i yeah i just it's it's something that always annoys me about these challenges that they don't like it like it wouldn't like if this song was commercially released people would be like what like this is weird yeah like anyways um yeah so uh they Okay, so let's go to the runway, actually. So category is Faster Pussycat Wig Wig, which is a great name. They've nailed the category name this, this season. Have they? In terms of puns. I like the... It sounds like Rue sat down with a coffee enema and wrote these out. But you know what it's referencing, right? No. There's an old, like, old-timey movie called Faster Pussycat Kill Kill, and it's like a... It's a I've heard that referenced before, but I didn't know it was a movie. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a black and white sort of like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Uh, this is another (laughs) another instance of Drag Race needs to update its references. Sure, I liked it. Um, Drag queens these days are millennials and Gen Z. Get with the times, Rue. No one, (laughs) there are no boomer drag queens. Ain't nobody seen Gone with the Wind. Go away. (laughs) Stop it. Anyways, um, take your dementia pills. Oh, I will say, can I say quickly, since you brought up Gone with the Wind, funny enough, I wanted to mention it and I forgot to. I will credit Nymphia's because her lyrics start with, Gone with the Wind, I'm fabulous. I'm like, Kenya Moore, Stan, I see you. (laughs) We we see each other. Um, We see each other. That's candy, but whatever. Um, So, yeah, so the category is about all pussycat wigs. Um, 
this was a, a really solid category overall. There's some duds. We'll get to it. Um, morph. I liked morphine. I mean, it was crazy that we did had two Catwoman s looks like, from different queens. From different queens. But I really love this morphine look. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like that, like the way the dress was like structured with the giant hips and all mm-hmm. that stuff, and the mark, like the slash marks in the makeup, it was really uh-huh. impressive. The the, the- the sparkly tips on the wig was fabulous. The only slight critique I have of this is I wish the hips came in just maybe three inches higher. Yeah. It was a little long in the body for me. For me. Yeah, I could um, see that. But also, not even just two Catwoman references. Two Catwoman references to the same iteration of Catwoman. Yeah. From Batman Returns, Michelle Pfeiffer. Ugh. Can I also say they later critique morphine about like Michelle makes the point to which I was like, okay. Makes the point to be like, you're more than a BBL. So like I want to see more than I was like, I feel like that look showed that. You know what I mean? Like this was a very striking look that like that did not show off her ass at all. Right. But she was talking about the lyrics from the girl group. Right, but again, that's it like But again, it's a branding challenge. If it's about your brand, like put your brand anyways, it's it's annoying. Um Q, I thought Q looked great with this sort of medieval and again, she made it completely which was a, was awesome. Like the, it, I don't know what it's called when it's like sort of like it's like a puffy jacket like uh-huh. sort of like, like texture. Uh huh. Like it was very well executed, and Q's just yeah. Q never looks bad. Yeah, and that's uh, you know she looked amazing. Uh, it, like if she has a boot look at, in this season, I'm gonna be shocked. Yeah. At this point, um, then we had uh, oh my god. I stood up and applauded for Safira with this look. It is so fucking good. Okay. Wig aside. Yeah. Because the look in and of itself. Already looks great. Stunning. Those like tight, like sort of like tip shoulders, very dynasty with like just a white, like sort of like tough, oh, like it, short it hair. It was giving me like, um, if Storm from the X-Men was a like, a high-powered businesswoman yeah. going to a gala. Yeah. Very, That's what this was. Very that. And just just that on its own would have been great. And then she fucking undoes the hair, and it's a literal <laughs> fucking cat. And then she becomes Dr. Evil, and it's great. <laughs> it's so unexpected. I cackled. Cackled. It is so hard to sort of, like, surprise people on Drag Race nowadays. Yep. And, like... To execute it in that way was so perfect. And the little cat butthole, like... <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> Fabulous. Yeah, I literally was just like... <laughs> like, I was <laughs> amazed. Um, fantastic. Uh, Dawn was next. I may be the only person that at least I've seen who... I didn't love this Dawn look. I didn't think it was bad. It's not like a terrible yeah, look. Yeah, you're the only one. It was fabulous. Yeah, basically everyone I've seen was like, it's amazing. And I'm like, okay. I just didn't really get a focal point with it. It just seemed like a lot of things. It's, it took you describing to me like it's the a story. It, it is a look and a specific reference. Because um, you were like, until you told me. It seems very like, alien to me. Very alien that doesn't understand human fashion. And they're just throwing on a bunch of shit right. to try to blend in. But also they forgot to not turn their skin blue. You know, like that sort of vibe. But I think there's also like a reference from like the mid-aughts. Uh-huh. Like the mid-2000s. That's like in this same vein that I think she's referencing. Yeah. I 
I can't pinpoint what that is, but I, I'm getting, I, you know what I mean? There's a vibe there. There's something there. I haven't connected it, it, it yet. It just felt like kind of the height of the, like, I'm weird. You know what I mean? Like that, you know, that Dylan Sprouse, you know, just, I'm weird. I'm really weird. But like, <laughs> I didn't get that. It, um, anyone who's watching Drag Race Canada, I get that from Denim. No, I didn't I think get de- that from her. I, I didn't get that from Dawn. I don't know. I think that denim has more of a. I don't know. For I, me. I don't get denim's focal point. I just don't. Mm. Um, but I get Dawn's. It's fabulous. I love it. Michelle critiqued her later. Like I need to see a look without the ears, which with- she's already done. Has she? Yep. Well, the, oh, that was the um, the Catherine Hepburn, not Catherine Hepburn, Audrey Hepburn, Audrey Hepburn, <laughs> different, completely different, different. Hepburn. Di- um, yeah, I guess that one was without yours, but whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, Plasma had this, like, uh, angelic sort of... It was an interesting, like, the gauntlets on the leg and the ear, the headphones with, like, the wings and stuff like that. I thought it looked... It was, it was an interesting look for Plasma. Yeah, different. Yeah, I, I think there was a little bit too much going on next to her face. I would love one less wing. Like, uh-huh. Like, or, like... Put it on her leg, like a side wing on so her she legs had, or like, something. like little, like sort of like um, like gauntlet things that had like the little wings oh, yeah. off the side. And I would have wanted like one or the other. Yeah, it was just too much on her face. It was too top heavy to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, so then we had Amanda. <laughs> I loved this. I liked the look. I agreed with because. Like you were like, I was like, give your impression so without it, my interpretation but, of but it. But when we were watching it live, I was just, you were just like, yes. And I was just kind of like staring and you were like, you don't like this. And I was like, I don't not like it, but like, why? And that's kind of what the critique was later, which is just like, but like, why? And then she say later, it's like, I heard like, Pussy cat, so like cat, so I thought like eggs in a nest, <laughs> and it was like, well, like bird, like cats hunt birds. I, again, too far of a leap. <laughs> like it's, the, it's really not the through line is there, and my pro- but also she still wore the pussy cat wig, so like who gives a shit? And I, it also took me like until we got into untucked, it took me that long to realize. Oh wait, the pussycat wig, the bang is cut in a way to look like the top of the egg. Yes. But there wasn't there was only just one thing. And so I would have if that well, was the yeah, case, I would have it... liked multiple to really emphasize that. Sure. Um I think And I and my problem was when you looked at the look from afar, she had the two other blue birds, which they're just styrofoam heads, uh-huh. two birds on the other sides. And because well, of they that, were two other eggs. Right, but because of that, it did from afar. It didn't look like she was wearing a pussycat wig. It looked like she had like space buttons. That's fair. I if she had maybe did because she had the the bright red lipstick on her. Yeah, if she had put the bright red lip on the other two eggs, something, or just made them smaller or like more further apart or something. I because of the fact that she is also this past week. Or not this past week, but I think last week before the episode aired, had come out as trans. Right. I thought it was connected to that because egg is a colloquial term amongst the trans community See, for someone who is not out yet. Oh, okay. I didn't know that com- yeah, at all. So I thought that it was a reference to that, but she still has not made that connection. Yeah. Um, she was just like, birds. <laughs> but like, 
even then, like, I thought it was really great. It wasn't something we've ever seen before. That is true. It was it was a well-put-together look. Whether you liked it or not, it was constructed well. Like, it was, it was a concept that, like made sense like she is the tree you got the head yeah like i got it the headpiece i like the headpiece of it in terms of like construction i don't know if i'm undecided if i like the rest of the outfit i was fine with the rest of the outfit yeah because it was like the branches but they were like coming up in a way and I, well yeah. the the hip thing wasn't the wasn't oh, not branches, branches. It, was like it was like yeah 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 that, it it was it was creative. It was trying not to be too literal with the roots and still make it fashion. Right. Like the shape of the nest is like that big bell hood shape. Like you know, there's fashion elements in here, but she was clearly making a reference to tree thing, like these things. Yeah, it's a blend. I don't know. I got it. Twitter seemed to get it. Just you and the judges. Just me. I'll I'll go over to my corner now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Tsunami Muse was next. I love this. Tsunami is bringing it on the runway, and I think she is getting she's getting under edited. She's not really existing in a lot of the episodes, I will say. But she is bringing it every time on the runway, and I'm impressed by her. What was her? What was this look? She again? was the very male, like she had the uh, pants yeah. and the like first stole, but went very male with it. And I thought that, that well, not even male, lesbian, lesbian. Like, this is a lesbian, high powered woman on almost like spanishy like bolero a little bit yeah i thought this was so smartly done and she this is where i'm i'm starting to see more and more now this like model aspect to her drag that she was talking about in the beginning this is lesbian church lady yeah you know very fabulous very rich lesbian woman right going to church on sunday that's what this was it was fabulous because she would wore that wig too yeah that wig is exactly the kind of wig that a lesbian woman going to church would have worn. It's great. Um, Plain Jane was next. I, eh, I, I, it's like, oh, you got big boobs. Okay. Yeah. I, and it was like the face mask was interest. It was an interesting enough twist. I didn't love the like off brown colored, like latex underneath. I don't think it was meant to, it, it's, it wasn't like imitating skin tone. I thought that's what she was doing. It was more like, ooh, it's like. She probably has tattoos somewhere that would have shown and didn't want to have that. Yeah. It just wasn't, I wish she would have just gone more naked. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Yeah. Like just show a little bit more skin and let that be the I emphasis. Just, I I don't know. I'm just tired. <laughs> there, it's there's nothing original. Mm. There's nothing original. I'm tired. Yeah, just, like it's well done, fine, but like I don't care. Like my jaw's not on the ground. Sure. I'm not gagging. It's like passable. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Grade. Yeah. Um. Then we have uh, Geneva Car. <laughs> Which had Geneva's was my least favorite look of the night. I, I've concluded. What was this one? This was the. She said, "I'm going to be a 1920s flapper." She's always like, oh. "I'm giving 1920s flapper." Yes, and but then, with neon animal print. animal print pieces. Why? But also, flappers never wore floor length gowns. Flapper dresses literally were to the knee or just above. Like. Let me do Flapper, but Lisa Frank? <laughs> Why? Like, in what world is that flattering? In what world is, like, that, like, 
something anyone wants. <laughs> that is exactly <laughs> what this was. Holy shit. <laughs> it was so puzzling to me. It was, I was like crazy. And the finger wave was at least nice. I think it was a little small on her head. The wig was fine. Yeah. I didn't, it didn't really, it didn't really do service to her face that well. Like I think you need, I think I would have liked something, a hair with a little bit more texture. Personally. Yeah. But, well, and part of the, part of the issue is that it's a black wig. So yeah. you can't see any of the texture in it. Like if you if you're gonna do finger wave with a black wig, it has to be so smooth and shiny that the hair like is glowing in the light, right? So that you can see that texture and that wave in it, because otherwise it's just gonna look like a black dome. And also, and because I feel like this has happened a couple times with Geneva, she keeps going for these looks that are naturally have like feathers like tied to the look, and she gets the cheapest fucking feathers to wear. Yeah. It's like what? No, yeah. <laughs> like stop. Yeah. And anyways, not my favorite. Um, then we had my Mon LePage. This was great for the club. It's it, it sh- it's not for Drag Race. Sorry. Um, this would have been really great on like season four. I I think it would have been great on like six, maybe. Uh, but but uh, one thing that I will point out. Is that on the shoulder pieces that are worn like a little bolero jacket, you have to move that piece that connects them together down a little bit. Because the reason that they were pointing back is that strap was too high. Right. And it was directly across the middle. Well, that's where your head goes, babe. Yeah. So, like, when you tip that back behind your neck... The shoulders are going to point back. They and you, need to point straight up. And there was no impact from like... The, right. Yeah. That was a big problem. Megami's I hated when it first came out. And then I've I've digested on it for a couple weeks. My issue more with Megami's is how she sold it. I think like... So she clearly was like sort of like... I'm like a fairy in like... To me, the story that she was giving... Oh, okay, right. The story that she, I feel, was giving was... I was I'm was i like a fairy in Times Square. That's like one of those... Like, you see the cheap-ass Elmos and like all that stuff. And I just got off like a shift or something. Wait, when, did she say that? I don't think she said it explicitly, but that's the vibe. I was getting like... I'm Tinkerbell, but a whore. Well, basically. But to me, I think she really needed to sell that more. Like, have, like, a bottle, like, some bottle of liquor or whatever in your hand. Have, like, some prop or some, like, sort of gag like a or cigarette whatever. hanging out of your mouth. Like, Something. Be, act a little drunker. Act a little whatever. Like, that would have made it at least work in a way where it just feels like a... Or, like, you, punk it up a little bit more i think she punked it up some but i think you're she's she was fighting an uphill battle because of the color of the of the dress yeah dress it was like a corset bustier with like a skirt panty thing skirt thing whatever but like because it's like bright baby blue right it's like you gotta do something like real grungy to, like, to grunge punk this up. Wear some like ripped fishnets with it, or like right. Wear like leather wristbands or like spikes places and 
things like that. Like yeah. burn parts of it. I think she did burn some of it. Right. But like, it's a good idea. It's just needs go further go, to be done yeah. up a little further. Uh, and then last we had Nymphia. And, like, this was fabulous. I, I thought she couldn't top Safira, but she did. Because this like great Asian look with the black cat on top reveals it to a red, like matching red bedazzled pussycat wig with like the Marcel wave. Takes that off. She's bald got a head. full on bedazzled vagina on the back of her head. <laughs> and reaches back and plays with the clit. Bitch, I died. It's Ugh. unreal. The mind Fabulous. in which she works. She, just, she deserves the win besides the fact of her team. But like, yeah. Bitch, you better work. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah. So they first announced that Nymphia, Megami, Maya, and Geneva have won. They've, it's a collective win. They, bo- they have to split $5,000, which I thought was shitty. <laughs> yeah. But, so, but they all have then a win. They were all like, I don't know how to split $5,000 four ways. It's $1,125. It's not that hard. Yeah. But so, but. Oh, no. 2000 or $1,000. Oh, oh, is it not that hard? But still, yeah. it took me like three seconds to realize I gave the wrong thing. Sure. Fine. But like, yeah. So they have the joint win. So everyone else is getting critiqued essentially. And it's like they're determining the bottom. Um, I also was annoyed. T.S. Madison gave a critique about that there were moments that like Sophia was like in her head. And I was like, where? Sophia was great in the performance. And like I really thought it was like we need like a third bottom to like tease it. But like I guess. When it's so clear that it's Q and Amanda. <laughs> I yeah, it didn't make sense to me. Um Rue then asked the dreaded question of who should go home and why. Um I agree with I forgot who it was said like I was shocked no one said plain. Even though, like out of just like bitterness or what? Because yes, Plane's been doing well. It would be stupid to stay Plane from like a. I would, but like I would still, I would do the Tatiana, Rue. I don't think you've seen seeing that Plane is a complete bitch. <laughs> like the the, <laughs> the problem is, is I believe that in season two. I do not believe that in season sixteen. Rue is sitting back and behind the camera with the bowl of popcorn the whole time. Sure. But I know like no one would have had not to shit on them, but no one had like the balls to make that move on the stage. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely would have done it because I, like I've already said on this, on this episode, like I think she's boring. I think she's done well, but I think it's boring because yeah. I've seen it all before. It nothing's new. Nothing's imaginative. Nothing's innovative. Nothing has my jaw on the floor. Yeah. Get out. <laughs> Get out. Get- I would much rather watch someone like Amanda continue to grow every week than to watch you regurgitate shit that I've already seen. I would want them there together. <laughs> I, I'm I'm <laughs> but, done. But, We're good. Nah, yeah, we'll see. But so Q does Amanda and Tsunami, which I was like. I agree with Tsunami later in Untuck where it's like, you actually didn't have to say two names, so go fuck yourself. <laughs> but I love it because Play Jade had literally shown her, hey, if you're going to take out one person, take out two. Sure. And so Q was like, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. Dawn says Q because, and she says Q's her biggest competition. She she says in Untuck later that she didn't want, she's close to Amanda, so she didn't want to say Amanda. Right. And so that's why. Um, yeah. But it, at that point, I would have thrown out plane. Right. <laughs> Throw out a wild card. Um, the person that I would vote for is not on this stage. To, who did that? Oh, uh, Alyssa Edwards. Yes. Did it to Jay Jolie. 
the girl who should go home is not on this stage tonight. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Um, yeah. So they come back. The bottom two is, of course, Amanda and Q. Um, and they lip sync to Emergency by Icona Pop. <laughs> what was the tweet I saw, which is like, this is like a white person anthem and like I'm living for it. Just this like Swedishy, like, like, like polka y almost kind of song. Like, this is not the song you pick. Uh, well, they've done um, I Don't Care already on Drag Race. I don't care. They've done another one. They've done the, Black yeah. Velvet twice. And it was like season eight they did it. So it's like you have enough time in between. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> people were very divisive on this in the sense that I think a lot of people felt Amanda won. I think it was even. And I think because it was even enough, they went with Q. Because Q has a better track record. See, I... Hmm. I kind of feel like, not that somebody should give away their advantage just for no good goddamn reason. Uh-huh. I would have given Q my potion. So then, well, but who would you do it with then? It would have been Safira because Plane's too fucking But then Safira would have been in the bottom. Oh, is that how that works? I, well, I, I was saying based off of the critiques, I don't know if Sofia would have known this when she had the opportunity to do it, but based off of the critiques, if it wasn't going to be one of the two of them, it was going to be Safira. No, what I mean is, is because if I was the Drag Race producers, I would make Safira pick someone secretly. Oh, no. And tell production. Then they go and do the lip sync. And if the person that she had picked goes home, no, she doesn't. Okay, yeah, that's different. Yeah, that's not what they're doing, though. We don't know. Though they are. because We haven't seen them do it yet. Right, but we have the thing always in the beginning where Ruse tells them, do they? But they've always said no. We don't know what happens if they say yes. I guess. But then why wouldn't you have used it for Mirage? Anyways, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's maybe that's a way to think about it, but, um, uh, Q ends up winning. Amanda's eliminated. Um, I do, I'm sad just cause I wanted more of, I do, I did want more of the Amanda plane stuff personally. Like that's, that's what Fine. I, I was really enjoying this season a lot. And like, yeah, I, it's, it's kind of, I mean, plane does kind of win, win in the end, <laughs> which is, you know, um, and so she writes uh, her mirror message and she says her confessional, I'm taking away sisters for life. And then she pauses and goes, except that one bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm really pumped for this reunion, like more than oh, yeah. any drag race reunion. I feel like it's going to be really stunning. Cause well, but, Amanda's, is it, but is it going to be allowed to be? That level, are they allowed oh, to they bring better. it to that? They better. Because we also, like... They'd they be film, stupid not to. They film the reunion before they do... Or the no, finale. Well, they film the finale and do all of the possible And winners, then they film the reunion. And then they film the reunion. Which I think is a mistake. Right, because it holds the, the winners... Uh, the, the problem is is that the winners, the the top three... Or two or whatever, however they decide to do it this year. Um, they should be able to speak their mind at the reunion without fearing that their win will be taken away. Right. For being truthful. Yes. Like, you, we've seen that in years past. I actually don't. I I also am. I'm starting to think Plane, Plane is not going to make the final final. I, dear God, I hope not. I, I, I just want more interesting people there. I just, I mean, I. <laughs> 
I think she should make it far in this competition, but I don't necessarily think she should be in the final. Um, by the way, did you see the thing from Roscoe's when, um, I guess what, a couple weeks ago, Amanda was there with oh, yeah. um, Raj and apparently plane was there in the audience, but like didn't tell anybody she was well, out of drag and like yeah, yeah. in she, the background. She specifically told the, the, the girls do not reference me. I don't want the fans. She said, it, and I think she said it was, it's Amanda's moment. Like, I don't want to whatever. And apparently Amanda was just reading her the fuck down. Oh, yeah. And the, you could, you could go back and watch that. And every time she did that, all three of the hosts just turned and look at, at played. It's so good. It's absolutely hilarious. Yeah. But again, let them go at it. That's, I mean, that's the way, that is the reason people will watch this reunion. So if they, they need to allow them to stick sort of, them in a wrestling ring. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, let them wail on each other. It's going to be great. Um, yeah, that was drag race for this week. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And then when we come back, we're talking the newest episode of the traders. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling man. That's right. Do you want something new to put on your reading list? Are you feeling your holiday spirit grow while also being astutely politically in tune? Then you'll want to pick up The Santa Strike, a new book by Shanna Hammaker. While home in Midland, Texas on a weekend visit with the eccentric uncle who raised him, Marion Wachlowski, otherwise known as Mary, discovers a long-forgotten letter Uncle Joe wrote to Santa Claus. Mary keeps it to share with his girlfriend Lindsay and his best friend Tommy, at first, they consider the letter to be nothing more than a silly lark. What kind of grown man would write a letter to Santa? But soon, Mary and Lindsay find themselves caught in a much larger mystery concerning many, many more letters to Santa, all surrounding the crisis of gun violence in America. You can order The Santa Strike now on Amazon, available both on Kindle and in paperback. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com Welcome back to Again is MB. Let's head on over to Scotland where we have part two of the funeral of Dan Giesling <laughs> on the Traders. <laughs> A great ending to that that saga. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, new episode of The Traders. This was great, and it was such a, like, it really has, like, again, I think I love about this season of Traders a lot is just the ramifications of, like, these people's, like, oh yeah, quote-unquote careers in terms of reality television yeah. and, like, how they play into things. Like, Well, I mean, it was, it was happening last season, too, right? We see Sari finally win, right? Finally win as the the lone trader standing at the end of season one. Yeah. A phenomenal job on her part. I know we've already sung her praises last year, but like, and we're, we're going to, we're seeing again, like you said, the careers of reality television stars, like culminating almost in this moment. It's all been leading to this. It seems like that there, there's so much gravitas to, to just the set dressing of traders that it really does feel like 
this is the precipice yeah. of everyone's careers and everyone's clamoring for that spot. It's it's fantastic. Um, we do so. We came off the last episode in which Dan is very intent on taking out Bergy, and poverty has been like advising him of the reasons why. And of course, there's also the lesson of just like listen to women. Like my Honestly. God, because like it really. The, I mean, I, I I get that like. Part of it is like a lot of we'll get to it with the round table. A lot of it is also sort of like the aura of Dan in many ways. And like I don't think he's a narcissistic person by any means. I'm not trying to say that, but like when you have that sort of reputation and you've had that success, you can kind of like lose sight of like what people are telling you. And I think that is his I think he slips into using narcissism on reality television. Right. I don't know that he is that way in his private life. But on TV, he is. <laughs> it is very clear in this episode. Yeah. Um, so we go to the next morning at breakfast. I, I didn't love... I wish they there was a better way that they had edited this or sort of like produced it in a way. Because Alan in a voiceover basically tells the audience that there was no murder. Because they tried to murder Bergie and they... And Bergie had the shield, obviously, so it was blocked. I guess the reason they did that was like... Because there wasn't really any discussion about anyone else. So, like, it was pretty obvious that, like, at yeah. a certain point that Dan was going for Bergie no matter what. Yeah. So, but, like, I mean, I wish they had given us that cliffhanger in the in the bell tower. Right. Like, in the turret where it was like, no, you absolutely cannot do this. Like, this, and then just leave it there. Yeah. And, like, it seems as though in, like, a, a, at least from, like, a producing standpoint, I'm sure they tell them, like, throw out, like, three names, right, of, like, your right. three top people, even though, because sometimes, I'm sure not, it's not, like, we're, every week it's, like, dividing between, like, a couple people or whatever. Sometimes you know what you want to do already and, like, right. you know. But, yeah, it's, like, I, I, I wish that could have been maybe done a little better. Um, but they're all filing into breakfast one by one. Phaedra and his and her commercial goes, I adore Burgalicious. He's a sweet man. But everybody's got to die. <laughs> <laughs> I love Phaedra. Like, Phaedra really, like, I, like, I, and I really do think, like, she has found the perfect balance. We'll get to it at the round table of, like, being herself and what people would want to watch. Like, people who watched Atlanta and watch, like, you know, all of her stuff want from Phaedra while also being smart strategically. Right. Like, she really does. I don't think she's dumb to the game. No, not at all. By any means. Um, Peter... Uh, comes in at one point. He's like sort of like having general conversation about who could be the one killed. He's like, I think it could be John because like he's it's so obvious that he's like a faithful. Dan then leans over to Peter and goes, I'm thinking it's someone who voted for me because it's like an easy pin. Of course I murdered them because they voted for me. <laughs> Which like it's one of those things where it's like it's it's a it's sort of the right idea, right? Right, but you don't say it. Right, and it's at so that like, point, it would be something that Parvati says to someone, or something that Phaedra says to someone. Yeah. You don't say it yourself, Dan. We'll get to it where it's like I think Dan fucked up his strategy from the beginning, uh-huh. and and not to say he's not a good game player, but I I think like he just spent way too long, way too quiet, and the way Dan, like I think the way Dan is, if you know Dan's game, he's when things get so methodical, like he kind of like comments like that, then seem like he's overplaying. Right. It just feels like a little too like overdone and like, you know, not genuine. I think his best bet was just to, 
purely be social. Just be a social person. Right. Who, like you need people to just like you as a person and to where your their guard is down about your realm as a game player. It's not necessarily about like saying the right thing at the, like like saying a, a accusation at a right time that will turn people's heads. To me, if you're Dan, it's more about lowering your threat level. Well, I think part of the part of the issue here is that no one has picked up on the fact that you don't want to get caught as the being the traitor. Right. Like I it, it seems obvious. Yeah. But nobody is playing like why would you target someone who's a threat to you? Right. Target someone who's a threat to someone that you want to get out. Yeah. Never do anything to further your own game because that's the evidence they use to pin you for being the traitor. Right. So and if you want to get rid of Bergy, who's a threat to Bergy? Right. Who could possibly point a finger at per- at Bergy for being the traitor right make him get banished and he thinks that like if i kill Bergy, because he was so focused on killing Bergy, if i kill Bergy, i can play it off as well that's the that would be the obvious choice if i was the traitor right like you it's just a little too much like 3d chess to where it's like you need to spend again you need to spend less time thinking about those like gigantic moves and just focus on building bonds and i think peter who I've been really fucking impressed by, like, lately, like, does a better job of just, like, constructing a move while also... Because to me, the move also only works because Peter has built bonds, right? right? Like, he, like we'll get to the alliance that has sort of been forming later. Like, that's vital to Peter getting executing this plan in the perfect way that he, it was and i think we talked about it in the past couple of weeks where it's like it's also important to getting votes together right you need like it it you're you you can maybe trick one person it's harder to trick eight people right to then vote in a certain way that you want right and so that takes more than just simply like a a line that's going to fool people right um, they know Bergy's the last one because John and Trishel are the last ones in. And so everyone's like, oh, it's Bergy. And literally Peter goes up to Trishel and goes, game on. We got him. Because Trishel also had the shield, so she also is in on the plan, obviously. Right. Um, and so they're all just waiting because you know, they know Bergy's dead. But then there's the big knock on the door and Bergy walks in. Everyone's face is amazing. Like it's Poverty and Dan do a good job of not immediately having it read on their face. Apparently not, because Peter clocks that shit. Well, I think he clocks it in the conversations that happened right afterward. I think from the immediate reaction, it doesn't necessarily, maybe more in poverty's end than Dan, it doesn't necessarily give it away immediately. I think when you start convert, I, there's a couple of lines where Dan just like I feel reads so heavy. Yeah, um, you just I, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but I know I've said it to you. You have to play traitor as if you're not the traitor. So you have to, it's again, like how, going back to it, how would you act? And again, Dan, you, I, even from what I've seen with you on Big Brother, you wouldn't act like, like you were acting so much as if you are trying to hide something. Like, honestly, you don't even, you don't have to be a traitor outside of the turret. The only time they would have, honestly, the only time they would have caught my ass was during the fucking uh, chalice thing. Yeah. 
because I would have been so nervous during that. Right. But otherwise, I would have I would have forgot by breakfast that I'd unkilled Bernie's ass. Yeah. Like it, I you leave that shit in the turret. Right. Leave it. Don't think about it. You're a faithful out here. Until you put the robe back on, you're a faithful. Right. So, like, why are you thinking? Just act. Yeah. Just be yourself. It's so easy. Phaedra's doing it. Well, th- that's the thing. And Fa- well, and also Phaedra, it doesn't feel ever like Phaedra's not being herself. Right. Uh, and you were so annoyed because when Bergie walks in, Dan and his confessional goes, Oh my God, what happened? And you're like, you knew what happened. You did this. Poverty literally told you that this was going to happen. And the thing that I'm mad about is I, I feel like Parvati didn't hold his feet to the fire enough because if I was, she was Parvati, still trying to save him until like the very end of the round table. Well, in the turret, she knew that if Bergie had a shield, yeah. it would expose her ass too. Right. I would have fought him tooth and nail, shoved him out of that turret before I let him write Bernie's name on that paper. 1,000%. Like, what are you doing? You're exposing me too. Yeah. But Screw you. Yeah. Phage and her confessional going, we thought Bergie was dead. He's like, Christ, he rose again. <laughs> she cracks me up every time. Um, yeah. So Bergie then says, so Peter, you told people you had the shield last night. And then Peter just basically, and this was so smart on Peter to just reveal the plan yep. to the table and be like, I told three people. And he also lets them announce yeah. that, that he doesn't say I told you, you and you, he lets it come out naturally in a way where even their hesitation or their like, right. P- can lend to sort of Peter's really fucking smart. He's really good. We'll talk more about Peter at the end of the talking about this show. Yeah. So CT cops to it. Poverty cops to it. Dan cops to it. He's like, but that doesn't mean I'm a traitor. That line. I was like, Dan, you're really bad at this. Actually. You're so bad. You're really bad at just like being like sort of like a normal human. He, he actually is kind of rusty. I mean, it's been 10 years. It's been 10 years since he's been on reality television. So, like, you know, I don't blame him. And I love Phaedra going, you didn't tell me. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Even later when um, uh, when Peter pulls her and Trishel, her and someone and aside. T- yes, we'll get to that. I have it. Yeah. Where... Where she goes, well, nobody leaked it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, the, I haven't the heard first it I've heard of it. <laughs> it's like, bitch, you're so smooth. And she, it's it's seamless. It's really good. Um, and Phaedra also going, okay, I'm going to have to cut this meat. Like, she just focused, <laughs> which is very... Um, very uh, reminiscent of, are there any bold eggs? <laughs> well, I was going to say, it's, it's, it's also, just sort of saying, I need to cut this meat. Is, you know that ske- SNL sketch with Ego Odom where the, like, she's cutting oh, at and the, the table's yes, shaking? Yes. <laughs> I don't know why that made me think of it. Um, Alan comes in to say that the murder, murder has been blocked, um, tells them for the, today's mission they'll need their strength and balance, etc. Um, no, no, no. He said ballast, as in ballista. Oh. Because... A catapult. That makes more sense. I was like, "What is he? What was balance in the chat? Like, like that makes more sense, actually." Yeah, it's a it's a pun leading towards what the challenge is. It's the it's the British accent. I'm sure if I didn't get a charade and understand, (laughs) charade still doesn't know where she is. Charade literally is like Berkey walks in with the shield. What's going on? Like she doesn't get anything. (laughs) I love Kate's reaction. She's like, "So Peter is a." 
talking about this plan and Bergie walked in really excited. I don't get it. Yeah. But I'm like, how do you not get it, Kate? I know that you're, you just got here, but like, it's pretty obvious what's happening right now. Yeah. So Peter is telling in the confessional basically like, it was down to those three, but I don't think it's CT. CT did not look uncomfortable at all. Like Dan and Par- it's either Dan or Poverty. And it, there was something really great about this episode being like, it's they're definitely getting a traitor out this episode. It's just yeah. a matter of who it is. Yeah. Like it was like really impressive. Um, Peter uh, is talking to him and he's like, Poverty can't even look at me. And this is Phaedra's just like, I mean, Poverty's names come up a lot, but you know, it gets drowned out in conversation. I was also really happy with Phaedra just like knowing like, I got to sell them out. I think Poverty takes a little long to get to the point of being like, if it's not going to be me, it's Dan. Yeah. And so I need to just throw Dan under the bus. Like it, it's not, again, it's not till they get to the round table that poverty decides really, it seems. Which is weird to me because poverty has like, I know she when did, she's been on survivor, she is someone who is very loyal until her feet are in the fire. Right. And she is quick to cut and run when it's her on the line. Yeah. But she will be loyal to her alliance up until that point. Right. Your feet are in the fire, girl. Yeah. Run. She's trying to like flip it on. I think she she spends most of the episode trying to flip it onto Peter. And I'm like, guys, it's not, you're not going to, at most you can maybe get it on CT. That's it. Yeah. Like that's, that's all you can do. Yeah. Anyone other than you three, it's not happening. Yeah. Um, poverty. So Peter and poverty, uh, go into a room and see like Peter's kind of like taking this moment to interrogate the two of them. Poverty goes, you're telling me you've been planting seeds this whole time. How come you're not the traitor? And Peter goes, I think it's pretty, pretty obvious at this point. <laughs> yeah. He really holds his own and is just like cool, calm, and just a great interrogator. And like, yeah, yeah it's fantastic. Um, and then Peter has Dan in the room and Dan goes, well, Dan's saying his confessional, I've been playing way too slow and not aggressive enough, and now I need to sort of, like, amp it up. But again, I think it's, like, too late. It's, because now, because you're so aggressive, it makes you seem more guilty to me. Right? Yeah. I think that also happens at the round table. Yeah. Peter is like, you kind of, you know, we're always in my top three. I feel it has to be either you or poverty. Dan goes... Just promise me when I say that I'm a faithful. Don't take it to heart. He he does. He tries so hard to just sort of like. Oh, he means like when he turns around at the end. Because if you send me home and I say I'm a faithful, like don't feel bad. Like you know, I'm not going to hold it against you. He it just comes off. I don't know. Maybe I would love to hear from Peter, but like it comes off manipulative. Well, but that's the name of the game. And why manip? But why be manipulative if you're not a traitor? You know what I mean? Why just not be honest? Well, but I can also understand because people have taken it hard, right? Already this season. Like we literally had uh, Deontay walk out of the game. Right. But it's more like, like it's, it's not even the content of what he's saying. It's the the delivery. Like there's sort of, he, he, to me, he says it as if it's like wink winking at this point. Right. It it should have been delivered a lot better, yeah. but the yeah you're right. It's the the content of it is not an issue. Yeah, um, so they all go out to the front of the castle castle for Alan to give them their mission. Basically, it's a re, it's a repeat of the mission that Kate like totally like went rogue on, which I love. <laughs> Kate's like, are they punishing me with this? Like Kate literally goes, last time I just dropped shit and yeah. decided not to bring it. I, 
Okay. So basically they have to, instead of carrying money or whatever, they have to carry these pieces of this catapult that they they have to go on this trek on and then build the catapult and then shoot a cannonball onto a target, essentially. Right. And so they have to do that in 60 minutes. And if they do, they add money to the pot. Also, there's these crates that have shields, have... Shield ammo. Shield ammo, right? So it's the possibility to get a shield. And only if you carry it across the line or whatever, then you have the opportunity to... And also only if they get the catapult built. Right. They have to get the mission complete to have a chance at a shield. Yeah. Um, Which I think is smart. (laughs) Yeah. Because bitches be digging out on the... On the mission and go, no, I'm just going to get a shield. Fuck right. you. Peter's convinced that he needs one because after the, what happened at breakfast. So he's like, if if I don't have this shield, I am the next kill. Like, without a doubt. Where? Well, <laughs> but he, I, we'll get to it. He actually, I, I think that's probably accurate, but also it plays well later. Right. right? Um, they're, so they're going on their trek. Oh my God. They have to go across a river at one point And it's hilarious. Like Sheree has two people. I think she has like MJ and Sandra on her and she's just screaming and like Sandra trips and falls at one point and Sheree's not even trying to help pick her up. It's like, <laughs> well, and all the screen grabs of Phaedra, like clinging onto oh, CT. It's so good. Her it's castle like, daddy. <laughs> it's honestly, I don't blame her. Yeah. I want to see, I want, that's going to be like a, definitely a point of the reunion that I believe they've already filmed. Uh, cause they were all in New York for, uh, yeah, I think they filmed it yesterday or the day before. Cause there was a selfie that Alan Cumming took with half of the cast. Yeah. I want to get CT's end of it, of like what he feels of like, you know, cause we know what Phaedra feels. <laughs> <laughs> she felt something. Yeah. Trishel and Kevin are holding on to each other at one point. And they're both in this alliance, by the way, that we'll see later. Trishel and Kevin are holding on to each other crossing the river. And Trishel feels like she needs a shield. So she sees an ammo box that's like by a tree at the end of the river. And she's like, Kevin, I'm sorry. I have to go for this. You got to let me go for it. And then like she starts to go for it. And Kevin goes, are you kidding me? And they race for it. And like Kevin like almost like shoves her in the water. <laughs> Kevin's an asshole. Dear, dear Ekansu, this is what a shove looks like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, like Kevin's a dick. I like, I liked, I mean, I don't like him, but like, I like having a dick on the, sh- you know what I mean? Yeah, like someone yeah. that's just a little, just like, you're an asshole. Yeah. yeah. Um, Peter picks up shield ammo as well. Sheree, cause Trishel gets it. Peter picks up shield ammo. Sheree gets shield ammo and then has to carry uh, that and also a bag of like whatever for the thing. Whoever, someone asked Sheree, like, which one's heavier? And she goes, shit, the bag. <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah, it, it was great. Uh, they end up, they, they, pull, they have this giant sled or whatever that they can use that they're starting pulling stuff on. And then they finally get up to the actual catapult and they're just like. God damn it. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) It really was just like (laughs) crazy. This really was the fuck Kate Chastain (laughs) challenge. Um, They're all contemplating like, you you know, because it's like also like the weight of like everything. Like, do you get rid of the shield ammo, whatever? Like Sanders like fucking grabs one herself. She's like, I got one and like has her tongue out. (laughs) Um, I love Sandra just having fun. (laughs) Yeah. And then Pari ends up grabbing the last shield ammo because she's like, I need to make it seem as though I'm not a traitor. I know there's a lot of attention on me. Um, But basically, so they're pulling it up, but there's at the top of where the shield, where the catapult is supposed to be loaded, there's a hay bale or whatever. And Alan's like, it, 
in order for it to count, you need to put your shield ammo on the hay bale for it to count. Right? Whoever puts it on there gets the shield ammo. And, and at one point, Kate has Peter's. And literally, she's just, it felt like five minutes of her, like, looking at the hay bale, and then looking at everyone else, and then looking at the hay bale, like she's in a fucking Wile E. Coyote movie. <laughs> and I looked at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that means. But she ends up deciding not to, you know, be a dick about it <laughs> and lets Peter do it. Um, John ends up being the one to launch the cannonball uh, and they win $20,000 that they get to add to the pot. And then so for the shield competition, they each get everyone who has shield ammo gets to launch a cannonball and whoever gets closest to the target ends up getting the shield. This to me was dumb. A little bit. Because they're not aiming the can. Like That was my question. I was like, there's no way to, like, position it differently. There's no, like, and no way to, like, judge the power. Right. Like, it's just random? All by chance. Okay. Yeah. It's literally, like, I would just, like, pull, a sh- like, pull names out of a hat or something. It would be the Honestly. same d- level of difficulty. Um, but Sheree ends up winning. Uh, she gets the closest. And Peter gets, like, the furthest from... You know, the thing. Um, Dan knows that now that Peter doesn't have a shield, he needs to be the one to get out with the key. So Dan's like, I'm going to kill. Like, Dan's still like, no, I should be making decisions at this point, even though I fucked the last one. Also, like he's going to survive the round table. Well, that's the thing. Like, but he's like, yeah, I got to kill Peter, which again would, I, I, even that I don't think would be the smartest move. Yeah, it's too obvious. Yeah. Too obvious. Um, They all are disgusting. Like, Dan versus poverty. Who's it going to be? Who should we go for? Kevin again goes, you still think Dan's on the chopping block? He hasn't done anything, though. Again, like, have you not learned? Like, Janelle just went home based off of your logic that she was doing too much. Yeah. He's dumb. I hate him. Um, they get back to the castle. Uh, Peter and some of his, like, alliance people, because he's in alliance with... It's him, Trishel, John, Bergie, and um, Kevin. Yeah. I thought it was just the four first. And then, like, Kevin at one point tags along. I'm like, I guess put Kevin in there. <laughs> no. Kevin, he does, he does none of the work. Of he does none of the work. But <laughs> um, but so they go into this room. Parvati's heading towards the room. And she goes, can I come in? And Peter goes, do you mind one second? And closes the door. <laughs> and Parvati's like, are you fucking serious right now? This is horseshit. <laughs> She knows she's fucked. Like it was so fucking funny. Like she's like, I know he has like a campaign to particularly get me out. Like it's like I'm screwed. Basically, they eventually let her into the room after they talk for a little bit. And Poppy's like, fill me in, Bergie. And Bergie goes, Dan's name is definitely out there. And she goes, and my name is definitely out there. Are you saying but not saying? Po- this is what poverty does great, by the way. Like yeah. this is so naturally poverty. Yeah. You know, I, and I think like she from her run on Survivor does a better job where it's like in these moments, yeah, she's like trying to like work people, but it doesn't come off traitorish. Right. Necessarily. Right. Because it's just poverty. Yeah. Uh, poverty goes, it's very suspicious that you're all locked in together. It's possible that one of you can be a traitor. And I love Peter goes, yeah, I could definitely be a traitor. Peter's not like flinching at all, which I yeah. think is impressive. And like, it just makes poverty more angry. And like, but again, going back to what I said, like you have to, you're not going to have them flip on Peter. That's not going to happen. Like at this point, like, right? Not for this round at the very least. Right. Maybe you could have done that down the line. 
Right. But at this point, it's with how things are executed with Peter's plan, there's no chance. Yeah. It, yeah. Um, Dan then pulls Peter to the side, and then he decides to tell Peter, okay, so there is one person that I have been working on. Because he was playing it up in the past roundtables. Right. Like, I'm looking at people, but I'm, I'm building on the information. I'm not going to say a name until I'm 100% sure or whatever. And he's like, I am 100% sure on this name. And just have an open mind at the roundtable. Etc. And Dan t- tells us in the confessionals that it's time to go after one of his traitors. As soon as he said that, I was like, "You bitch!" If he is about to do what he, I think he is about to do, he's a fucking idiot. And like, but it's the only card he had to play. No, I don't agree. He should have gone for poverty. No, no, it would have been the same as him. It would have been the same exact thing as last week. But he when- wasn't paying close enough attention. Like, like. The votes were already going towards poverty in certain ways. Peter was already rallying certain people against her. So what, I, what I'm saying, though, is that last week he named Janelle right. because he got pushed into a corner and Janelle's name was already out there. Yeah. If he threw out Parvati's name, it would have been the same thing. Parvati's name was already out there. And so he would have just been throwing out a name that was already there. So who gives a fuck what you said? You risked nothing by throwing her name out. Yeah. The only one that he had that he could say and then actually have a chance of believing was Phaedra. I think it's the only card he could play. Was it still a shitty card to play? Absolutely. He should have picked a not traitor. Yeah. I don't. I agree in this. I see your points, but I also think like poverty talks later of like the one person I've trusted is she keeps mentioning like at the round table and sort of like in discussions. I mean, I've trusted Dan. Like she brings that up a couple times. Right. And they have, I mean, we've seen them come in like the same circles for the most part communicating. Right. Phaedra hasn't really been in Phaedra and Dan. I don't think we've seen a lot of them even in the same room together. Right. In certain moments. So what is he observing? Right. That's my point. Like, it to me, I don't think the Phaedra thing is believable simply from the fact of like Phaedra? Like that doesn't like But that's also part of the issue of this game, right? Yeah. Because if you are gathering in your little clicks to discuss things, right, you can't see people that are outside of your click. Yeah. So that means your only option is to target people within your click. Which means you can't actually trust your click. Sure. That's a, that, yeah, that's a way to look at it. Um, they go to the round table. And so it starts with just like dead, as Alan opens the discussion, it just starts with like dead silence for a good bit. And Dan then just goes, all right, I'll say this. Since day one, I have been watching one person. And it's time for that to come out. You have to remember, I've been collecting information. So let's play a little game. And I'm like, Ugh. oh, God. What, Dan loves his games. And again, I just think the, the, pre, I think the structuring in the let's play a little game, if you know Dan Giesling, I don't think was smart. Like in terms of like when he's playing a game, when he's setting up the funeral, when he's, you know, doing the stuff he did on Big Brother, it just lends to, you know. Well, and arguably the the funeral the first time is what ended up sending him home that season anyway 
what ended up losing. No. Well, well he yes didn't go and home no. then, but th- the, that's what started him not going to win the season. It turned some people against him emotionally. Right, which is what I'm saying. Yeah. The, the reason he lost the season is because of the funeral. Yeah. He did the same thing here. The reason he got sent home is because funeral part two. That's right. what this is. I think he, again, he, but he says like, I'm, I need to play harder. And I'm like, the solution is not playing harder. The solution, like, yeah, you have to be a little, I think he wanted a flashier move. Yeah. And like, to me, the flashiness of the move just played into the desperateness and lend more, blended more people to think he was a traitor. Yeah. So he goes, raise your hand. If your name is, hasn't, has been written down at least once on the chalkboard. And then everyone raises except for Bergy, Sheree, Phaedra, Sandra, and poverty. So he's like, that's not enough to convict someone, but that's where I start. The next thing, let's look at voting patterns. Has anyone voted anything a little weird? And then he basically goes through one by one of like Sandra, uh, you know, I think there was one vote, but you explained it. Bergie, you vote with the group most of the time. Uh, Sheree, you had the John vote, but you explained it, you know, et cetera. So you're out. Now it's down to just poverty and Phaedra. And it's like, my God. The shady bitch. And then he goes, um, Poverty, your only vote outside of the norm was Kevin, but you explained what that was about. You said that you were suspecting. And I love Poverty turns and goes, still a suspect. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's like, fuck you, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) But then he, but like, and I also think it was also Poverty being maybe turn it on Kevin. Like, you know, like, I think Poverty was like trying to be like, maybe we can keep all the traitors still. Yeah. Dan, you don't have to do this, you know. Yeah. And then Dan goes, then that leaves one person, Phaedra. Phaedra had one vote that hasn't been explained. She voted out Ekansu. No one's ever questioned her on it. And the next day, Ekansu magically gets murdered. Then he goes, the next thing, breakfast reactions. First time it stood out to me, Marcus was murdered. Where was Phaedra? She walks over to Larson and goes, sweetie, it's okay. Phaedra is just like, she does a good, I think someone pointed out, like, at first, it takes her a bit of a moment because she's like genuinely like, She's a little puzzled and caught off guard because yeah. I, I mean it is. I mean there was no. It came out of nowhere. It really did come out of nowhere. She ends up with the help of a couple people getting back on track, and once she's back on that track, it's like full force. Right. Um. She. Uh, he goes. Tamra gets murdered. Do you remember what she says? They're coming for the housewives today. Bergy. We thought he got murdered. Oh, not my Burgalicious. Phaedra goes. Are you freaking kidding me? Dan goes. You will never get brought up because everyone likes you. And to me, that is the most suspect thing, which is correct. Like, yeah. you know, he goes, those are my reasons. And that's who I've been watching from day one. Phaedra goes, so you've been watching me from day one? Dan goes, no one's ever written your name down. What do you think that is? Phaedra goes, no one's ever written a lot of people's names down. That doesn't mean they're a traitor. Like she, like, I don't. I really don't think Dan knew. Oh, he had no clue who the fuck he, who he's rattled. No, that he was going to get any pushback. He should have known from the turret when he, she went off on poverty. I think he should have. There were sides. Yeah. He ignored them. He goes, explain the Ekansu vote. And she goes, I voted for Ekansu because of the issue that she had with Janelle because she changed her story. Everyone here knows that. Right. Like, and like, so she doesn't flinch. She doesn't like, yeah. He goes, okay, what about the breakfast murder reactions? And she goes, what breakfast murder reactions? He goes, Bergie. And Kate then goes, not my Burgalicious was problematic for you. 
fabulous. Kate helps so much here. And like, cause I mean, it is stupid. Like it is one of the things when he was laying them out in the beginning, even I was like, Oh God, like he might like actually develop an argument against Phaedra, but there are tons of big holes in his arguments and Kate and yeah. Phaedra like open them perfectly. Like, you know, Dan goes, Marcus and Phaedra goes, because I'm consoling Larsa, a fellow housewife. What was I supposed to do? Like, it's it's suspicious because I, like, hugged her. Well, the thing is, is that he didn't actually have any evidence against Phaedra, despite her being a, a traitor. Right. Kate goes, I don't understand it. What's the logic behind that? Dan starts to stutter, which is so rare. Yeah. So fucking rare. And, like, that, to me, like, should be a notch under Phaedra's belt. They put him on his heels. Yeah. Dan goes, the logic is that it's always a little bit extra. And Kate goes, have you seen her? <laughs> and Dan goes, that, that that's true. Phaedra then goes, I'm very extra, baby. I do too much because you do too little. But tonight, you're doing way too much because you know you're getting ready to get banished. So you're trying to put the heat on me, which is a crock of BS. Yeah. Get him. Get him. Ugh. So good. And Phaedra then goes, you're a big brother winner. Not once, but twice. And Dan goes, almost twice. The way Phaedra goes, well, <laughs> people were pointing out, it's like a mirror to when Nini was like, you know, yes, I'm about the same age as you. And Phaedra goes, well, let's not go there. <laughs> it's it's yeah. that same sort of tone. She goes, either way, you have knowledge of this game. So if there's a ma- was a mastermind, it sure wouldn't be a dolled up housewife, baby. That would not be it. I love how she's now playing into mm-hmm. the uh, the housewife stereotype, right? Yeah. It, it She's such a genius. She goes, let's not forget, Burgalicious voted for you last night. And who got the murder? Burgalicious. Why? Because Dan thought he was a- able to get murdered. Is that not correct? <laughs> she, re- again, it's like she's not a housewife in this. She can be in, an- like, she could be on any reality show at this point, a competition yeah. reality show. Dan goes, don't you think that's a little obvious, though? And Phaedra goes, okay, but why would I want him out? I don't have any problems with Bergy. Dan goes, I didn't say you wanted him out. And Phaedra goes, you're saying I'm the killer. Yeah, And Bergie's like, I think if Phaedra was thinking long game, she would keep me around because I trust her. And Phaedra goes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so beautiful to see her literally turn his insistence of having the murder on his hands against him. Yeah. It's like, you made this bed, motherfucker. You're going to lie in it. Right. Dan goes, okay, that's a fair defense. And Phaedra goes, but no one trusts you, darling. And they cut to Poverty, who has a look on her face that's, like, genuine, like, I'm impressed. As well she should be. Like, I really don't think, like, they saw this coming from Phaedra. Uh, Pr- Peter is, breaks down the thing. Like, it has to be either Dan, Poverty, or CT, but I don't think it's CT, so it has to be one of the two of you. Peter says, I believe that this is my last night because I was so vocal today. If I get murdered, use that as proof. Yeah, which I thought was really fucking smart because it in, it disincentivizes anyone who might still be a traitor from that group to kill him. Right. Because yeah, like you know, you. But don't also, want- if he's wrong, it's exactly who I would kill. Right. Right. It's perfect. 
uh, poverty talks about how this, this strong click, you know, has emerged. And poverty goes, so if you're not in Peter's group, guess what? You're probably going to get murdered or you're going to get banished. And then Bergie and Peter both do great because Bergie like stops us and goes like, look, what the traitors try to do is divide us. And they're doing a good job right now. Like focus on the mission, guys. Like yeah. let's stay together. And, we're, and Peter's like, stay strong. And we're going to get a traitor tonight. It's so like. It's so good. Yeah. Poverty goes, I'll say something else. The reason why I was trusting Dan was because, and Peter goes, she's trying to separate us, guys. Do not, do, do not buy this. And Poverty goes, can I finish, Peter? <laughs> like, cutting him off. She goes, it doesn't feel good to be falsely accused. It's very off-putting. And we've seen multiple faithfuls sit here and defend themselves, and they have been faithfuls. I did trust Dan. The reason why is because he and I started talking together on day one. He's such a great game player, and I may have trusted the wrong person. So at this point, I think I think it wasn't until this moment that uh, poverty was like, Dan, sorry. Yeah. Well, she she was like, I I'm not getting rid of that ally. Yeah. In Phaedra, there's no way I'm turning against her. Right. Fuck you, Dan. Bye. Right. Well, and yes, but also I. Uh, I will get to it. I saw a lot of people thinking like that Dan, Dan kind of fucked Phaedra's game maybe to a certain extent. Only we'll, if Trishel can convince people. Right. We'll get to it. Cause Trishel kind of figures out what's happening. And right. So, yeah. So they all vote. Uh, Phaedra and her confessional goes, I am furious with Dan, <laughs> but I guess there's no honor amongst thieves. <laughs> I I really kind of wish that people had picked up that Trishel had clocked that. Right. We'll see later. I mean, again, we'll see in the episodes, like, wh- how the discussions emerge in terms of that. Um, F- so they go through their votes. Phaedra goes, well, it's obvious tonight I'll be voting for Dan. He's been dodging questions, dodging answers, and just going right up under the radar. But, baby... You deflected on the wrong one because you're going to learn tonight. <laughs> the way the fear Give of her an Emmy. the way the fear of God would have been struck in me if she said that to me. Oh yeah. Um, Peter votes for poverty, but he explicitly says, "I know Dan has the votes, but I'm doing this to ensure that the faithfuls win, even if he's killed." Basically, basically like just to say explicitly, "I know Dan's going home. Here's the vote for poverty." Again, to remind you that if she's I still get there. killed, yeah. Like it's he again, it's it's so impressive for him not just to get this move with the shield executed well, but to suss out two traitors. Right. Like like even though he can only get out one here, he figured out two of the three. Right. And that's like really fucking impressive. Well, but also the fact that he's just having fun playing this game, right? Yeah. He's decided fuck winning. The goal is for the the faithfuls to win. Right. So if that means I go home, I'm going home. But they're going to get these motherfuckers out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, John then t- then does his vote, which I thought John became like an under. Like, it was actually really smart to cast him on this show because he is a performer. Oh, yes. He goes, I listened intently to you, Dan, and your deflection was on to Phaedra. And that case was comprehensively rebutted. Treachery deserves to be punished by banishment. Banishment, my dear friend, should be your fate tonight. And then he breaks and goes, this guy is the silent slaughterer. 
And that's the sum of it. And the way Phaedra goes, yes, honey. <laughs> like, he is a camp king. Yes, bitch. You better work. Uh, Trishelle votes from Dan. And I love Trishelle goes, tonight you met your match. Sorry. And points to Phaedra being like, she fucking schooled your ass. Um, Dan pretty much gets unanimous votes. Um, Dan is banished, goes into the circle of truth, and reveals that he is a traitor. Everyone's excited. They finally got a traitor out. The way Phaedra goes, bye. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and then the old cheers. And the way Phaedra just, in, like, intensely slip, sips water from her glass. Like, just being like, I got that motherfucker. I do think that this reaction may have been what tipped Trishel. Um, possibly. Well, so Trishel basically figures out, like... I feel like if Phaedra had been more excited... About getting him out, it would have solidified her being the faithful. See, I didn't. I don't mind it in the sense that, like, yeah, if you're gonna come for me so hard at the table, you're gonna fucking go good. I think that works in that way. But Trishel was able to sort of suss out the idea that, like, if this was a desperation move, but like, it so clearly was a desperation move right. by Dan to stay in the game to throw out Phaedra's name. Why would he throw out a name of somebody that wasn't also a traitor? Because if if we were to flip on Phaedra and vote her out, and then Phaedra reveals herself to be a traitor, then it takes the stink off Dan. Sure. But I, th- I think that if she had, um, even if it was just a little bit more, yeah, motherfucker, go home. Right. As opposed to the anger that was there. Mm. I think it would have put doubt on, because she seems very sure of Phaedra yes. at this point in the confessional when she says this. Um, I think if there had been more celebration, a little bit, even if it was angry celebration, does that make sense? Right, right, right. Um, I think it would have put enough doubt in there that Trishel wouldn't bring it up later. Yeah. Unless there was more evidence. I think at this point, she's sure of Phaedra and is going to throw her name out. Right. Um, Dan says in his confessional, confessional, I can see why not many people have gone toe-to-toe with Phaedra and won. Man, she shredded me tonight at the round table. I saw a lot of people thinking that, like, part of the Phaedra takedown was, like, him, his ego getting hit in terms of, like, the idea that a housewife could, like beat him that could be part of it from what i've seen from his like post show interviews i actually think he respects phaedra a lot for the move that she did I do too and so game they, recognizes game i i fully believe he underestimated her yes but i don't think he's like so hit by the fact that she took him out right um yeah so they are all celebrating obviously peter and his alliance all go off to a room and they agree that poverty is basically the next target poverty then comes in and goes oh imagine a secret meaning of the not alliance (laughs) are you gonna control the game to the end of time and then she calls peter a bloodhound and she keeps emphasizing this later of this like like she was really selling that sort of like narrative which like i mean it's it's fair he's been the most on target um, and poverty basically says that it's now her versus Peter, and I'm going to take that bachelor down. So she's gunning for Peter at this point. We go to the turret, and it's Phaedra and poverty. Obviously, Phaedra goes, "If it wasn't a Christian, if I wasn't a Christian woman, I would have ripped his heart out." Meaning Dan. Yeah. 
And then, like, so they're discussing everything. Phaedra goes, do you do the obvious and kill Peter? And Poverty goes, I don't know if that's enough because the target is still on me. Like, if right. we take Peter out, we still have a giant alliance. Right. You know, going to come for me. Alan then knocks on the door and informs them that because Dan has been banished, they now have the option. They can either go through with a murder at this point or they can attempt to recruit a faithful as a traitor. Right. What do you think would have been the smartest move in terms of all the all the things involved? Besides taking apart the need to, I think I think I agree with poverty of like I need we need to shape the game box a little bit because the targets are on us in a way. So maybe a re- recruiting a trader would be the way to do that. I I agree with that logic, but also your choice of trying to recruit someone is telling enough that if they decide to not take it, yeah. It's almost as telling as a as a murder. So, yeah, so they decide they're going to recruit and poverty suggesting Peter. I get the logic. I would have recruited Bergie or Trishel, someone else Someone in that else group. in that alliance because I think once P- if cuz Peter has to get the letter and then make the decision, right? Right. And so that to me, I think, is a mistake in the sense that that could reveal to him, I know for sure it's poverty. Right. At the very least. Right. Because why else would they want me recruited other than to be taken off the field to where I can, you know. Right. I'm I'm I don't I genuinely don't know if he's gonna accept it next episode because I think there is like a Well, I think he doesn't. Because yeah. we see that fight at a round table between Phaedra and him. Yeah. He's the only bachelor on this cast. Well, we don't know. Yeah, and but I mean, like... I mean, it could be acting, but why would they do that? Yeah. At a round table, you would only be fighting like that if you're targeting each other. Or, it, or well, it, well, that's the thing. Or it's another case where it's, like, clearly going to be traitor versus traitor, like with this episode. You know what I mean? Who, right. Who knows? Um, Poverty goes, are you good with that? Because you've had a tough day too. Phaedra goes, I had a tough day, but you're on your deathbed. I'm walking into the hospital. You're in the ICU, baby. Yeah. You're about to flatline. <laughs> <laughs> and so Poverty goes, let's light this place on fire. And Phaedra goes, well, light it on fire, Poverty. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I know a lot of people pronounce her name wrong, but that was the most wild pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Um, But yeah, so Peter, we see Peter getting the letter and now he's conflicted of what to do. And so we leave on that big cliffhanger. Like I said, I think there's a very strong possibility he doesn't take it. I agree. And I think that could be a big mistake on Poverty's part. Yeah. I I wouldn't have gone for him. I would have gone for somebody else in that circle who could manipulate things from, but doing so... And the thing is, is that we also know from last season, well, they may do it the same way this season, but last season when they recruited mid-season, the faithfuls were informed. Right. That somebody got that. That someone was invited. Yeah. They don't know. They don't say whether or not the person accepted it. Right. But like that's also last season, 
they were invited and joined them that night in the turret and that's did what, a murder. Well, that's what Alan said. Well, I don't know if they're going to do a murder, but that's what Alan says is that they'll join you now if they accept it. Oh, I didn't I didn't catch that. Yeah, which I don't know how that works from a production standpoint, by the way, because we were already discussing the, like, they're clearly off in a hotel or something. Right. And, like, well, I mean, I guess they... You have to wait, well, like, four hours to, like... Well, I think... I think, well, they, they're having to do, like, confessionals and stuff anyway, right? Yeah. Maybe they pull the person for the murder at night. Maybe they actually do all of that in the morning. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, anyone on the production staff, if you would like to let <laughs> us know all your secrets, please tell us. Or, you know, not production. Somebody who has been on the show. Yeah, Fine. that too. Um, yeah, so that was Traders. Great episode. Like, uh, one, yeah. one of my favorite things on television right now. Fantastic. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we're talking the newest episode of Married to Medicine. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, know Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling name. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to Again is MB. Let's head on up to Hilton Head, South Carolina, where the sweet tea turns sour on Married to Medicine. Married to Medicine for this week, a very confrontational episode. Um, I will get to sort of the, I, I will say, I don't know your thought on like the merits of so, particularly the sweet tea part of the argument. I'm sure we'll dive into it more. Yeah. But, uh, you were like, kind of like, conflicted from what I saw. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard to side with Jackie on anything right now. <laughs> yeah. But... I kind of get it, but I think she's overreacting, but also not. Yeah. 
It, we'll dive in. It's kind yeah, of we'll complicated. Yeah, we'll get to it. It's complicated. Um, they start the episode as the ladies are getting ready for the couple's trip uh, at uh, Simone's house. They're having uh, everyone come over basically to start off there. Um, so Sweet Tea, Toya, and Alicia are there with the husbands. This also is the episode where they just really nag Kemma. It's whole. great. It, I loved every minute of it because he Eugene deserved it. Eugene is just like having so much fun dragging his backward ass yeah i just i i'm having so much fun well the thing is they also say later they make a comment of like well you're the newbies this is your first like couple's trip you know you've ever done so like there's a little bit of hazing there's hazing but also you've given us plenty of material so plenty uh kemma at one point is like hey cecil do you have any plates and simone goes Kemma, would you like me to fix you a plate? <laughs> Your men come first in this house. <laughs> Kemma says, it's music to my ears. And Sweet Tea goes, are you saying Alicia can learn a thing or two? And Kemma goes, no, Alicia understands that. She's already trained upright. Oh. There was so much stuff that unsettled my spirit. <laughs> like, so much. And I, even Eugene in the confessional goes, if you have to train your wife, I don't think you're going to have one for very long. <laughs> like, Honestly. It's just like... I I mean I I'm glad they think it's cute, but like you know, not coming across that way. Um, I also so this and also I I don't think I mentioned it last episode um, at the birthday party fight with Simone and Heavenly. Simone particularly for some reason keeps having mic problems. Like her mic is very clearly off or or like low or something to where they have to like do like captions on everything that she does. I think she's just screaming and it's knocking it out. I think she blew it the fuck out. Like genuinely. Yeah. Well, because if it. It could be that the mic is set to have a high, th- like a, a threshold. Yeah. Um, at the high end. Um, basically, it's called a high pass, I think is what it's called. But it basically makes it so that it doesn't blow it out. Right. So if it's above a certain level, it's just going to clip. Yeah. And it's going to say, well, we're not recording that because if we did, it would damage the mic. It's, yeah. And Simone goes, where's everybody else? Heavenly, Jackie, Phaedra? I sent these bitches a text. And Toya goes, they require the most makeup, which, oh, God. Like, yeah. But it's, yeah. So they're all wondering where everyone is. Uh, Simone ends up calling Heavenly. And Simone goes, where are you? And Heavenly goes, uh, I'm not coming. And then they're like, what? Why? She goes, I just don't like this, Simone. You know I don't. Curtis is not feeling it. And I'm not coming. Tori goes, what time are you going to be here? Stop with the bullshit. And Heavenly goes, if she's not coming, I'm not coming. Believe that. Heavenly, this is where I was. I was. It's so performative. But I, it's Heavenly. Yeah, so. you, yeah. But you were at that point last episode. Here I was just like, Heavenly, this is some bullshit. Like, come yeah. on. Like, you can't, like, be. You can't be more mad than than Jackie is. Well, she's claiming that Jack. She's making it seem as though Jackie is as equally mad at she, as she is, as she is expressing without expressing it, right? And so, therefore, that's why she is, like, being the way that she is. I don't know if that's true. I don't think it is because Jackie is sitting over there trying to convince Curtis to go on this damn trip. Right. Jackie wants to be there. Right. And that's the, you know, that's the thing. Simone then decides to call Jackie, obviously, because it's like, well, if Heavenly, like Heavenly saying Curtis isn't going. So what does that mean? She's like, we just got off the phone with Heavenly with a very nasty demeanor (laughs) (laughs) saying she's not coming because Curtis ain't coming. So I'm assuming you're not coming. And Jackie goes. He said he just didn't want to go back down visiting those doors that we closed. Toya jumps in and goes, they're closed, Jackie. No one's opening that door. And it's like, 
I do think you, I think you may have said, I said it last week where it's like, it, it inevitably reached the point where it's like, okay, but now we're making it a thing in a right. way that it probably would not have been. Right. Other than it, here's the thing. It would have been like a passing mess, uh, mention. Like the producers right. would probably be like, oh, they're going back to Hill, like a shady, like flashback. Right. Exactly. Whatever. They wouldn't, I don't think they would have dwelled on it. Right. We wouldn't have had this big blow up. Yeah. And so now it's, becoming the center and it's also giving sweet tea ammunition in terms of hypocrisy and that's going to then fuel it and it's just like yeah it's crazy <sighs> um toya says they'll, she'll send a prayer and jackie like you could tell her voice cracks and goes i'll call you call you back or whatever and like she's messed up about it well yeah because you gotta figure jackie has been basically the lead of this show no people are gonna be real mad with you, that you said that I I would say that she has been like the the matriarch, the lead. That's what I sure, mean. Sure, she fills that position. Like she is the maybe doesn't lead the show, She's but the, leads the cast. She presents as the moral authority. Correct. Like that is the position she has held since season one. Like this is her accomplishment. Yeah, making it ten years is her accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Simone's accomplishment. It's those original girls. Like, they made it this far. Yeah, I'm telling you, the Mariah fans are going to come for your ass. Look, I love Mariah. <laughs> yeah, and you particularly I think she do. needs to be back on our screens. Put her on Atlanta next season. I think like, we're doing this cash shakeup. Put her on Atlanta. Bitch will be fabulous. Yeah. Um, I love Mariah. But as much as Mariah was the actual behind-the-scenes lead of the cast, right, on screen, Jackie is the umbrella under which people gather right um so really her keeping everybody in line and moving forward for 10 seasons is phenomenal mostly this cast is intact yeah that is something we have not seen anywhere else potomac has kind of gotten there but hopefully we're gonna have some major edits after this season right um so she's, of course, heartbroken that she can't be there, but she has to stand next to her husband. So I understand that decision, but I also understand that she is heartbroken to make that decision. Yeah. Tori's going, Jackie, do you want us to call him? Guys, call him. And Cecil goes, we don't do that. Like, which I, uh, I mean, I didn't know what to think about that. It's like, yeah, you can talk to Curtis about it. Like what, you know, what the fuck? But he's like, ultimately he has the right to change his mind, you know, if he decides to, but we're not going to call him to like convince him or whatever. It's like, I guess, but yeah, that's dumb. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little much again, like the male versus female stereotype. Yeah, and it's which like, it has all, has been a running thing on this show for years. Um, but I'm, I feel like it's like, okay, but y'all can still call him and tell him, look, we have your back here. Yeah. This is not going to be a point of discussion. Well, they tell him that later when they actually get there. It's just like, I would have, you but know. But you could have picked up the phone. Right. That's What's the difference, you know? Um, Phaedra arrives an hour late as they're leaving out the door literally to get on the bus. It's so rude. Like, it's Phaedra though. When has Phaedra ever been on time? Yeah. They get in the bus to head and Simone goes, where are the shots? And Phaedra goes, you know, I ain't, ain't doing daggum shots. Tori goes, you're about to take a shot or I'm going to put it in your rectum. And then it gets into this conversation about how Phaedra's like, well, it absorbs, which is true. Like, I mean, Willem, and, we, we've heard this from Willem for years. And then Eugene 
tells this story from I guess when he was in like medical school or something that this was like a long-standing like story like mythical story or whatever he goes so how this guy died is he took a dildo he put it between his feet put Crisco on the dildo and sprinkled cocaine on the dildo. I can't even say it it's so stupid and then, and then he goes and then fucked himself in that butt and got high he died because the biggest one he got was called super big Fred <laughs> Super big Fred. <laughs> it was so big and had so much cocaine on it that he had an overdose. And he literally was just like, cute story. Like, I cannot. It's just like, oh man. Like, I mean, I get like, yes, that's that that is something that could happen. You're you're correct. I just like I don't need to get in people's kinks like that of like honestly doing cocaine up the booty. <laughs> Honestly, I that doesn't bother me. It just makes me laugh. It, it's dumb shit. It's really stupid. Um, Simone then uh, decides to tell Phaedra about, like, you know, this is why Heavenly and Jackie aren't coming. This is what you missed, basically, when we were in the kitchen. Eugene goes, if we've never brought this up in seven years, why would this be any different, basically? Right. Like, it's, it, like, you know... It, Eugene says later about like it feels kind of like he gets a little not offended but sort of being like I can't I don't I hope you don't think of us as like types of people who would like like we're not gonna walk around and go ooh look that's where he was caught doing this yeah. and there's where he was it's not sightseeing and like for no reason right it would right. be one thing if Curtis was being an asshole for like right. re- in recent memory you know what I mean and like you know doing shit to piss people off if this was something against heavenly they probably would do that shit (laughs) Toya makes a very fair point in the confessional she goes the one time that we had someone pull everyone aside and judge each other's marriages was heavenly and that's who's staying at home right now (laughs) right so but I understand heavenly wouldn't do it because she's so close with Jackie now but it's like you know yeah, heavenly. You're she the- she wasn't doing it because she's so close to Jackie. She was doing it to prove that she was closer to Jackie than Simone. Right, has nothing to do with her actual relationship with Jackie. But it's also not even a Jackie thing. It's like a you would do this to to anyone else, heavenly. So right. like, calm down. Don't be the moral police. You know? Right. Um, they're all taking shots. Toya at one point spills her shot in Phage's wig, which it's like. I would be so I mad. missed that. It, it like drips. Like there's like, uh, oh, like okay. a, there's extra stuff in the cup that she didn't realize and it just gets on Phaedra's wig. Oh. Phaedra doesn't mind it, but it's like Phaedra's has the good wig. So like. Yeah. Um, so, oh, so they're just doing like car games or whatever, car discussions. Simone asks what, like, just like, oh, say the top three things that you got to do before you put your child to bed or whatever. Toya then goes, okay, top three things you got to do before you put Kema to bed. <laughs> Um, I yeah, they're just. I feel drag his ass. I will say, I feel bad for Alicia in the sense that, like, I don't. She's signed on to this bullshit at this point. I mean, back in the beginning, I felt really bad for her because, like, when they were in, um, where was it, Sonoma? Oh yeah, 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 wine country. Um, when they were talking about this initially, it seemed like she wasn't comfortable with this arrangement, right? Bitch all up in the comfort now. Yeah. So uh, 
you can ride or die with his bitch with his bitch ass over there. Exactly. I actually liked her on Watch What Happens Live. Uh, with she was on with Ashley Darby, and she actually, I I I like her. I think her and Kemma have a place on this show. I would like to see more of them, even though Kemma is terrible. But I mean, terrible people on reality TV on are on reality TV all the time. So. And that's honestly what makes it good. And it's not terrible enough that I feel offended to watch him. Yeah. And so Alicia starts saying the three things before he goes to bed. She goes, home-cooked meal, not oral, but sex. And then Sweet Tea's like, do you like to go down on her? And Kama goes, oh, we don't do oral sex in our culture. <laughs> That's like an African thing, I guess. That, like, Phaedra goes, the one I knew did. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, again, it's also just like... But he also means both. It's not even simply like, I'm not going to go down on my wife, right? Right. Like, because God forbid, it's not manly. Like, I also, she also doesn't go down on, I just, I don't get it. I like, don't get it either. It, it's sex is sex, guys. Like, you know, unless you're only, unless you're like being like only doing it for procreation purposes, why do you have that distinction? Right. I don't get it. Um, they arrive at the vacation home. Um, and they immediately start going for rooms. Toya like shoves Alicia and goes, move, bitch. And fucking <laughs> and, like locks Alicia out of the room. Phaedra makes a point to have like Kema and all the other men carry her bags up to the, <laughs> to the bedroom. She goes, I love traditional gender roles. Like I'm going to put it in <laughs> And Kema does it. Like, here's the thing. Like, you know. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's not hypocritical. In yeah. his beliefs, he stands by them. Alicia maintains their confessional that he may be the. I've heard this type of phrase before about like straight marriages. She, like she's like he may be the head, but I'm the neck, and the head cannot turn without the neck. Basically, I guess. I still she, feels icky to me, but if it's good for you, it's good for me. But also, I don't know. And again, I don't know enough of their dynamic. He may have some backwards views on things. Sure. But I also think, I don't know. I don't feel her to be a wallflower is my thing. And so. Look, if she is happy being a trad wife, go ahead. Be a trad wife. Sure. Like it, it doesn't put back anybody else's ability to not be that. Yeah. It's if his beliefs start to eke outside of their marriage or they are harming her in any way is when I have an issue. So right now I'm fine with just dragging him, but like I, I, I am definitely keeping an eye on him and his behavior Yeah, because we see it in the previews for next episode right. where he starts going off on Jackie and... That's your household, dude. Like, keep it in your household. Uh-huh. Uh, he then... So, Phaedra's talking about, like... Yeah, also, I, you're not even a main cast member. Go home. Sure. Phaedra is telling Alicia, like, I got to teach you to, like, you know, do traditional gender roles and all, how to get what you want. And then Kema goes off about, like, I mean, yeah, you make men feel like men. They want to help you do stuff. Now they go as far as to say, you know, talking about women, they go as far as to say they're half man. I'm a tough woman. I'm a man, too. Who wants to help you then? And I was like, he was, and he, I understand he's also only talking about, like, gender like cisgender, like sort of like dynamics, but also when it was like to be like uh, you can be half man, it was like, oh, we're, what are we doing? Uh, like if 
if your masculinity depends so much on someone else fawning and being weak and being weak, then your masculinity is not very strong at all. Yeah. It's actually pretty fucking fragile. Toya goes, I'm not half man. I may give off dick energy, but I'm all vagina. <laughs> and I love Eugene's like, I, I checked. <laughs> he says in the confessional, Toya's big dick is about that big. It's called a clitoris. <laughs> they, okay, so then they get ready for dinner. They're doing like a seafood boil sort of stuff. They have like the newspaper, etc. Crab bowl, yes. Love um, a good crab and shrimp bowl. But as soon as they sit down for dinner, Heavenly, Damon, Jackie, and Curtis then all just roll up and because they made the last minute decision that they decided they were going to come. Um, which, yeah, and also probably production was like, bitch, like if you're not here, this trip is going to get boring. Um, yeah. not, no offense, but like that's the drama. Like, get the drama there. Yeah. <laughs> like, we can't do four days of dragging Kimba. That's not what this is. No, it's not going to work. It's going to wear thin real fast. Uh-huh. Jackie goes, we weighed the good, the bad, and the ugly about the trip. And Curtis goes, and at the end of it, I just couldn't make it about me. Which, fair. That's, you couldn't have figured out this eight hours ago? Yeah, when you all could have run in the same bus. Um, yeah. But so they start talking by the table. Sweetie asks where the alcohol is, and Toya goes, well, if you ask really nicely, your husband might go and get it. Phaedra's been teaching us how to do that. And then Sweetie turns to Greg and goes, want to get something to drink, baby? And Gregory goes, not right now. (laughs) (laughs) See, this is, but it's like they're having fun with it. Yeah. As long as they're having fun with it, I don't mind the sort of stuff about gender. Heavenly goes, so did I miss anything? And then Toya goes, we talked about you like a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Heavily goes, why? And Toya goes, because we felt you weren't being a good friend to us. And Heavily goes, I was being a good friend to my friend who needed me. Again, using the the Jackie excuse of it. This was so amazing. Toya goes, look, I'm glad everyone is here. I wish we all could have come together as a group. And then Cecil like cuts Toya off and goes, we made it though. And Toya goes, Cecil, I'm still talking. Hold on. It just let, it just left everyone with a bad taste in their mouth. It's very like Cecil the rest of this night. It's just like, guys, can we just get along? We're all here. Like, can we forget? Can we stop talking about it? Like, it's like the more we talk about it, it's just going to make it worse. But but also part of it's also we are a bunch of black folks outside and there's white people walking by. Yeah, yeah. With their cameras out. I'm going to have you have us out here acting a fool. Yeah. Toya goes, we weren't bringing up none of that shit, but now it's brought up. And Jackie goes, well, we can leave it dead. <laughs> like very much like if you, and Jackie's in the cur- in the Cecil position where it's just like, we can shut up about this and just move on. Yeah. Like, I'm fine with that personally. I would love to act like nothing happened. I would love to fucking men in black brain wipe everyone. Like, <laughs> but then Sweet Tea goes, well, I feel like you guys brought up the situation with Quad and stuff like that around me. I don't think that was fair. And I'm like, oh, God, Sweet Tea. I don't. Here's my here's the thing. Yeah, they they show a flashback to the bachelorette party where Jackie brings up the girl when he was with Quad that was in the hotel room and right. years ago, being like, oh, I guess she had joke. Sweetie says later that she joked about like, oh, he, she was going to show up at the bachelorette party. Yes, it's not the nicest thing to say at at the new wife's bachelorette party. Totally get that. That's fine. My thing was just like, uh, well, you kept bringing up Quad. 
here's the thing. I just don't think Sweet Tea is right to have this expectation that nobody was going to talk about Quad. Quad was a cast member until halfway through the season. Yeah, it was going to come up. Also, it's the first time we're having interactions with Greg on camera in how many years? You're his new wife. You're in her old home. It's going to come up naturally. And I just think it's not the same thing when we're talking about that and Curtis cheating on Jackie. Right. Seven years ago. Right. When it hasn't been brought up, at, you know, in the last like four or five at least. Yeah. Like it, it's frustrating because I don't think Sweet Tea has yet understood that she's making a TV show. Yeah. She, and while I understand that because it does give us a more genuine look into her she's is some about it's not clicking yeah it's like you have to understand within the context of this television show that we all signed a contract to make certain things are going to come up and, and certain are, things are going to be discussed and you are a newbie like right so yeah your shit's going to get more out there in a certain certain respect than other people and it's like it, it sweet tea makes it a thing about like I get to, I have to be held accountable, but Jackie does it. And it's like, but accountable for what? And, and it wasn't just Jackie. It was everybody, right? Everybody was making those, those jokes. People were talking about like that stripper was going to come to the wedding. Yeah. Like people, like I understand why Sweet Tea feels isolated from this group. Right. But I also understand that she has done some of that isolation to herself. Sweet Tea has, and let me clarify, Sweet Tea has a right to be like, I'm upset with how you guys have talked about Quad around me and some of the ways in which it's been talked about around me. That's all valid. I just don't think it, it's valid in this conversation with Jackie comparing it. Right. It's not the same because thing. Because she's trying at this point to pin all of that on Jackie. Like Jackie's the one that did it. Right. As opposed to it being everyone pretty much yeah jackie goes do you need to make me feel uncomfortable and sweet tea goes no but i think you should be in the hot seat jackie lays into her ass and i and i was as whatever i think about jackie outside of this jackie has a way with words that is just so poetic yeah she goes i'm so well equipped for the hot seat i'm in the hot seat every day when i walk into my office and see my patients i'm in the hot seat every time i go into the or i'm in the hot seat every time i see a woman diagnosed with breast cancer i'm in the hot seat every time i help a woman have a baby i couldn't have i'm always that one hit me hard yeah she goes i'm always in the hot seat bring it Holy fucking shit. And also saying that to Sweet Tea with the... Right. And it, and, it, and it's like, it almost was in the verge of the whole, like, Buffy, you're infertile thing, which, like, <laughs> uh, I was like, but, but she saves it. Um, Greg then goes, that's the thing about this group. It's all hee-hee-ha-ha ha, until it happens to you. Greg, stop talking. You don't know what you're talking about right now. <laughs> but also for him to do the hee hee ha ha that's where your voice is yeah like you didn't even have to change your voice to do that um curtis says this is not about coming here to air dirty laundry on anybody we came here to have a good time with our friends but if it's not going to be that then i don't want to have to have a part in it so understand that that understand that going in um curtis or sweet tea says in the confessional maybe some look at jackie as the matriarch the mama of the group but she ain't my mama and damn sure curtis ain't my daddy 
And I'm like, oh, God. Oh, good Lord. It, uh, well, I, I will say there is some, like, not demeaning. I mean, it is demeaning, but, like, sort of, like, um, diminutive, like, minimizing language that Jackie uses right. there. Where it kind of, like, lays that hierarchy, which, like, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Simone then goes, let me say this to you. Because no other people at this fucking table matter. And Heavenly pulls a face like, bitch. But she's right. <laughs> I know, right? But it's like. Like, Heavenly, this is not your fight. Shut up. Yeah. Sit down. And this is where, like, I love when Simone gets emotional. She goes, for anybody to think that I planned a trip for the sole purpose of re-injuring or reopening a wound. Cecil and I have been married for 26 years. We wouldn't be here if it were not for you. If it were not for you, we wouldn't be here. And it's like just a real powerful, just sort of like I'm connecting with you, Jackie and Curtis in this moment. And I'm, I'm with you and I'm trying to instill in you that, yes, you are my friend and I would never do this. And then Cecil goes, 27. And they're like, yeah, 27. What? <laughs> It's great comedy. Great comedy. Simone goes, in her confessional goes, for heavenly to paint the narrative that I intentionally scheduled a trip to open old wounds, it is the dumbest shit that I have seen in 10 years or 9 years that's come through her dentures. Jesus Christ. Simone's great of just like, like you don't know the reads coming until the no. very end. No, you have no clue. Heavenly says, what we said it was is that it was a problem. We addressed the problem. We told her it was a problem. She still didn't fucking change it. I never said it. She did it on purpose, which we've already discussed it. It's like, it's not on Simone to change it. There's production. There's right. stuff. And then Simone goes, nobody's talking to you. I'm talking to her. I don't give a fuck about you. And Heavenly goes, I don't give a fuck about you either. We can leave right now. And they just start yelling across at each other. And this is where, like, we see a bunch of white neighbors with, like, their cameras out. <laughs> And Cecil's like, see, this is what I was talking about. And it was one of the, because it's one of the weird houses where the patio that they're sitting on is in like the front lawn. Well, it's not, they're not in the back. No, it's like on the side. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. they're like at a corner is probably the issue. Yeah. Eugene's like, these white folks about to kick y'all out. I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. Like these white people are going to call the cops. Y'all just trying to live y'all's lives, but they're going to call the cops and production's going to have to get involved to make sure there's not a hate crime over here. Can we just go inside? Yeah. <laughs> Kema, so they transfer into the house, basically. They're like, we got to get in this house so it can't happen. Kema and Simone are talking. Kema goes, I just hope people can settle down and have a civil discourse. And Simone goes, you've never been around Heavenly. <laughs> so <laughs> Jackie and Heavenly sit down and Jackie goes, I'm exuding good energy into you. And Heavenly goes, she's the one loud as hell. It's like, you're both loud. I guess Simone's normal talking voice sometimes is loud, but like. But also, this, none of this would have got here if you hadn't opened your mouth. Right. Phaedra in the confessional goes, Miss Jackie has charmed Heavenly to do exactly what she wants to. Jump into Simone's ass and do her dirty work. And I was getting that sense. Like, I was feeling that because at a certain point, by the time of when they're outside, I'm like, okay, Jackie, at this point, you need to say, stop. Heavenly. Right. Stop. Yeah. I can speak. Like, stop it. We do see in a flashback that she does do that. So it's like, we don't see it in real right. time. But I was like, yeah, because that needed to happen at a certain point. 
Um, Curtis says that, you know, it's not the place and, you know, we're past that. It's not about Hilton Head. And Eugene goes, so Curtis, if it's not the place, is it the people? Are you saying that we're not trustworthy enough? Jackie then goes, Eugene, what you have to make it about is we can't imagine what they had to go through this morning in their own house to talk about coming back to this place. And that's confusing because it's like he just said it's not the place. Like, what is it? I get like you had to like I get Jackie's larger point of just like we're try. I am Jackie's like I am trying to not have this conversation anymore. Right. And and just go about this fucking vacation. But I also think part of what Jackie's saying is that yes, now in this moment it is no longer about the place. But for the last 7 years it has been. Right. And we've had to go through so much hell to get to the place where we could come back here. Yeah. And now y'all motherfuckers want to talk about it. Right. Jackie goes, so right now, if everybody quit being selfish, then you would understand totally that this isn't about y'all. And Eugene kind of understands what she's saying. Just like, right. just be there for us, whatever. Yeah, because Eugene has a heart and is empathetic and yeah. listens when someone talks to him. Yeah. Curtis goes, it is a choice that we can make it a good weekend together or not. And then Sweet Tea goes, Curtis, but your wife made fun of my situation. And it gets back into Cecil's pissed. Alicia goes, no, T, no, T. And she goes, no, stop, because I'm tired of that. Let me speak, because nobody gave a fuck about how I felt. And it's just like, this is too much emotion. I'm so, like, again, wrong place, wrong time. Just like. Yeah. She goes, you made a fun of Gregory's situation, and you said the lady in the hotel room was on her way to the bachelorette party. You made fun of that. So why should I empathize with you? And Jackie goes, you don't have to, baby girl. Just say anything that you want to say. Get it out. If it's going to make you feel better, get it out. It's very like... It, the thing is... This is, is that, where Jackie gets condescending. The thing is, is that the words are not the issue. Right. Because the words are correct. It's the tone. Yeah. It, and she goes, I want to hear what you have to say. And Sweetie goes, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> and everyone's silent. And, but I love that Jackie goes, okay, thank you. <laughs> Jackie don't give a it didn't phase Jackie one bit uh-uh. phase her in the confessional this woman could be your mama for real she's older than your mama you can't say that to her I mean I, look if Jackie had been deserving of that I don't give a shit how old you are I'm right. gonna put you in your place you're not gonna treat me like that Right. Like, you know what I mean? But uh, like Jackie kept saying, it's not about you guys. It's right. not like, so I, I think Sweet Tea's in the wrong. Uh, in terms I, of- I agree, but I feel like she's, I understand where she's coming from and understand where her emotions are at. But I still think that it was improperly placed. Yeah. I get that. Heavenly in the confessor goes, she okay with Phaedra fucking her man, but she got a problem with Jackie Joni. <laughs> And also, let's not forget who brought Quad to your bachelorette. Right, exactly. Was it? Was that Jackie? Hmm. No, it wasn't Jackie. It wasn't Simone. <laughs> was it Toya? No, Toya don't fuck with Quad. Who was that? Oh, that was Phaedra. And Phaedra, just, Phaedra has really dodged so many bullets. Like, this Honestly. is why she's good on traders. Yeah. Um, Jackie goes... I'm going to handle baby girl later. And Eugene's face is like, oh, my God. (laughs) Eugene knows who not to fuck with. Yeah. Sweet Tea goes, I don't need no handling. And Jackie goes, you do. You really do. (laughs) 
And she goes, and we would like now to end the topic. And Eugene goes, that would be great. <laughs> Let's talk about literally anything else. Greg, what did you think of Greg here? Because Greg says to say, like, you know, it was wrong. He, she kinda, he kind of reprimands Sweetie in the moment. Like, he's very much like, it was wrong for you to curse at Jack. He's like, but, you know, that's my boo. I don't want her to be let out of the box. And I love Emily goes, let her out. We've seen worse. Quad was a whole lot worse, baby. <laughs> Which, true, in that regard. Yeah, I just... I'm one of those people that when it's your partner, when it's your your spouse, you and you have a problem with something that they've done, you stand next to them in public and you talk about it in private. Yeah. And they do talk like shortly after in their room, right? And right. Sweetie like confides in her that she, him that he's just, she's just tired and she's not taking it anymore, et cetera, and all that. So I, I would have been more defensive of her in that moment. Right. In public, right? In front of the other people, I would have said something along the lines of, look, she's allowed to feel how she has felt in this group. She is allowed to feel like she is not part of y'all's group. Right. She is allowed to feel like she has not been welcomed. Should she have said the things that she said? Maybe, maybe not. But what you're not going to do is act like she's not coming from a real place. Yeah. That's yeah. That's how you handle that. You stand up for your fucking wife. Right. And then you tell her she's crazy in the bedroom. Basically. Yeah. Uh, they all, so the, but we have this like big tense moment and then they clean up before they have the bed and someone just goes, thank you, Kama, because I know you're not used to working around the house. And then Eugene <laughs> goes, you're barefoot. You're women in the kitchen. Like, <laughs> It's like, yay, some great, like, sexism, like, shitting on Kevin for his sexism to sort of really break the mood. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, the next morning, Eugene is working on breakfast, and Kevin's down there talking about, like, the night before. Um, they're talking about sort of, like, uh, like how, like, intent again it becomes about just like women like Kemma's like i can't believe women are like speaking up for themselves basically it's it he doesn't say it explicitly but like that's essentially like the vibe of like wow like women with opinions <laughs> <laughs> and eugene goes in, in his confession goes i think toya handles confrontation with the ladies with justifiable ammunition and then toya goes there's a lot of reasons for me to go ham and honestly i've handled them with grace Okay. I felt like Eugene was giving her a lot, um, a lot of rope in that moment. Was like, I'm not gonna like I was just saying. He was like, I'm in this confessional, yeah, talking to other people. I'm gonna have you back. And also, because I mean, like we've also they showed some flashbacks, but it was like we've also seen Toya fighting in ball gowns at a party. So right, and scrapping. So, but like. Eugene is the is the person who does what I was just saying, right? Yeah. He stands next to Toya. Oh, yeah. He's great at he that. He is 10 toes down for that woman. So, like, I, but he will have absolutely no problem to call her out when they are in private. Yeah. And does so every single time she steps out of, like, what is correct, what is right. You know, calls her on her bullshit every time. Yeah. And that's how it's done. Yeah. Um, Toya and Alicia join them in the kitchen. Eugene goes, I think Greg was a little more upset than he let on. And Toya goes, he told Letizia she shouldn't be calling an old lady a bitch. With, I mean, it's like, you didn't have to add the old part. Uh, well, and the, 
uh, Jackie at at some point, I don't know if it's in confessional. I think it is in confessional where she goes, and for her to say, fuck you, and then add on the bitch. She says it to, no, she says, she says it in the card to Sweet Tea. She says the, but she says F you and to add the biatch. Because, you know, Jackie don't curse. Uh, but and, but Eugene goes, but she shouldn't be calling her little baby either. You know, yeah, yeah. I agree. She is a full grown woman. Like, yeah. And then Eugene said, Jackie gave Sweet Tea the church stare, which is like when yeah. you stare at your child being like, if you don't fucking straighten up right now. Um, Simone and Heavenly talk as Simone is getting her um, makeup and hair done. And Simone goes, my feelings were hurt. And Heavenly goes, my feelings were hurt too, Simone. Okay. <laughs> All right. What is, your feelings were hurt about what, Heavenly? Like, again, if you're fighting for a Jackie. What dog do you have in this fight? Yeah. Heavily says she doesn't think that it was malicious. She goes, I was just in my feelings because I saw Jackie was hurt. That's all. I responded incorrectly. And I know I've been doing that for probably 10 years. And someone goes, yes, we're so accustomed to the bullshit apologies. (laughs) (laughs) Heavily really, it's just like, like, yeah, I'm I'm wrong. Like, I got to grow. And then she just doesn't grow. (laughs) She's real good at apologies that go nowhere. And then she goes, are you crying? And Simone goes, no, I have allergies. <laughs> Red nose. <laughs> and she's just like, no, I'm not giving you any tears, bitch. Um, yeah, but they seemingly make up and move forward. Simone, it's always like, we're good for now. And Simone's just like, but I don't trust this bitch. I can see, yeah. you know. And she's right not to. Yeah. Um, the ladies, are, they're going off separately to different things. The ladies are going golfing and the men are going to a cooking class because they wanted to like flip the gender roles in terms of like what. Yeah, would normal- fuck you, Kemba. Fuck you, Kemba. You have to cook. <laughs> and they talk about it in the car and Eugene goes, look, I don't think you can say like men cook or women cook. Like good food is good food. Women, it's not their domain. And Kemba goes, except in the house. Okay, but how does that make any sense? It, what is the doesn't. what is the structure that you the kitchen is in change about the action? Well, you see, Eggman, in order to cook, you have to stick a spatula in your vagina. <laughs> and since he does not have a vagina, he can't do that. You can only unless you have certain chromosomes. Then. <laughs> It just doesn't taste the same. It just doesn't. You um, got to put your pussy in it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Simone, uh, they're in the, the women are in the car. Simone goes, Jackie, hopefully we can show you a good time today because I was totally embarrassed that you're welcoming last night. Uh, Sweet Tea decides that she's going to apologize because she talked to Greg about it and, and all that. She goes, I apologize because that's not me. I'm an empathetic. I'm an empath. <laughs> Sweetie's really playing up this millennial thing in a way that it's just I don't buy fully. It's like you wouldn't say that you're an empath. Like, oh no, I think she fully would say she's an empath. Really? Huh? Yeah. She goes, and I'm empathetic to other people's situations, but I was just triggered. Uh, it just triggered me, and I was hurt. Jackie then goes, I do understand that could be hurtful, and she corrects herself and goes, not could be. That was hurtful to you. She goes, however, it was hard hearing someone tell me if F you and add the biatch to it. You know, apologies, though, are for you. (laughs) And the way the ladies are just like, oh, fuck. She goes, in the future, I always try not to hurt if you hurt me. I'm not going to hurt you if you hurt me because then I would have acted a whole fool. 
It's really like it's people, hard to stand Jackie right now, but I can't not in this people, moment. People get annoyed by this as, as if it's like, but it's like no. If you have the power to just like make someone feel so small, I would be doing it all the fucking time if I could do it like Jackie does it. But but also like I understand when it's deserved, right? I do understand how people are saying, you know, like. Sweet Tea gave a good apology, and I think sure. I think it was genuine. And to shut her down like that, it it sends the message of it doesn't matter whether you regret what you did. It just matters that, that I it. am now angry and fuck you forever and ever. Amen. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Like, it's just, that's, I mean, but we've seen Jackie get into these modes before where she don't fuck with you anymore yeah and that could last for years it was that way with her and simone for a good two or three seasons there right so sweet tea's got some work to do yeah sweet tea turns to heaven and goes do you think she received my apology and heaven goes no Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then she says in the confessional jackie ain't never gonna forgive that bitch i'm just telling the truth <laughs> she's like once you're done you're done with jackie so yeah yeah yeah. So that was uh, Married to Medicine. Great episode. Loving everything they do. Um, yeah. So and and like you had mentioned before, like the stuff with the Kema Alicia stuff seems to just get a lot next episode when they're on that boat. So. Yeah. Although I will say in that um, preview that we have for next week. Mm-hmm. Jackie is serving in that caftan. Oh, it's a great caftan. Bitch, I want that caftan so bad. Ugh, yeah. I couldn't pull off that color. But it's a gorgeous caftan. But yeah, really good stuff from Mary Madison as always. All right, let's get into these tops and bottoms. We got Drag Race, we got Traders, we got Married to Medicine. What you thinking, babe? Um, I'll start with my bottom. I'm going to give it the sweet tea on Married to Medicine, even though she brought it in terms of like, I mean, she, she she's fearless. I would say with Jackie, but like, I just think I don't under, I didn't understand her point of the argument. Like, right. it just felt a little like, no, you're definitely in the wrong here. Um. You know, again, maybe again, like I said, bold to do it, but I just don't know if you that was going to come out well for you. Yeah, in any way, like it seemed like it was all passion, no facts. Yeah, and you kind of have to, you kind of have to have a little bit of the facts. Yeah, in terms of these fights, um, yeah. So that would be my bottom, um, my top. I'm going to give it to Peter on Traders. Yeah. I think my instinct would be to say Phaedra. And Phaedra did amazing. And like right. everyone's rightfully praising Phaedra. I think Peter had one of the best episodes like in terms of strategy and execution. And not just in terms of the wider plan of the S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff, but like the little moments. Mm-hmm. He actually did a fantastic job of sort of like you know, making smart choices that were going to lead to, you know, the end result that he wanted. And like, yeah, I, I, I thought nothing of him, like as someone who does not watch the bachelor, but like was very impressed by him. And so, yeah, I, I really love what he did. Uh, that's my top for the week is Peter. Uh, what about you, babe? What are your tops and bottoms? Um, my bottom is going to go to plain Jane. Yeah. You kinda... I'm just, I'm over it. I, and look, I don't know if she's intentionally copying everything that Jimbo's ever done, but it seems strange if she's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's a real weird coincidence because Jimbo has done this gas mask latex look, if I remember correctly. Um, She did the same character 
that Jimbo just did on Canada versus the world on uh, in uh, the the Rue whatever live SNL thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like she, you you know what I mean? There's so many notes that she's hitting, which I feel like she just said, "Well, Jimbo just won." So I'm just going to hit all of these same notes and that'll be a win, right? Yeah. It, it's coming off as not to drag her because I love her now, but um, it's giving Sasha Bell. Yeah, I came in with the game coming plan. Coming in with a game plan, but it's like, girl, girl. It's just not inspired. Stop. And yeah, it's not inspired. The reads are dry. Like it's like she does some good things, I think. Um, but it's, it's not enough to me. It's really predictable and boring and I'm over it. Yeah. I get your point. Um, my top for the week <laughs> is Phaedra. Yeah. It's I mean, honestly, you, that round table was just so good. Mm-hmm. It was inspired. It was something that I feel like people are going to read as a monologue in an acting class <laughs> at some point. Yeah. And Phaedra has a lot of those in her repertoire over the years. You know, she has given speeches like that before. Um, but this to me, I, I feel like takes the cake in terms of her just going after someone and absolutely eviscerating them. Yeah. Because I think if it wasn't for Phaedra, it might have been Pardry, uh, Pardry, Pardry, Parvati going home. Yeah. Um, but fate, Dan pointing the finger at Phaedra and then Phaedra going, fuck you die. <laughs> Basically took all the heat off of Parvati, at least for the moment. Um, and it's just, it's inspired and it was everything that I was frustrated with playing Jane for not doing Phaedra is bringing inspired, original, iconic work. Yeah. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers, who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.